It is Saturday night, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of Modern Comic Mayhem. Tonight, we are talking Future State yet again. We're talking WandaVision. We're talking Star Wars. And Corbin's back with another great Black History Month rundown. As always, tonight, we got the most hated man in Star Wars, Marco, with us. We got the only man that attempted the castle run, said it's too hard, and gave up solo Wookiee. And now we've got the man himself number two in your program number one in your heart mr corbin ford let's get it started Welcome, 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 everyone, to another fantastic episode of A Modern Comic Mayhem. What's going What's on? What's good? Guys? Good. Nothing, yes. nothing, 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 nothing. Nothing's good. Okay. No, a lot of stuff's good. No, 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 hey, it might not be. You know, I was sharing a couple stories with you guys earlier, man. I'm already chipped up, dude. Uh, I had a, a wonderful experience this week, as usual. Uh, you know how that's going to go. But we got some cool stuff coming up, dude. I'm excited about a lot of stuff going on, especially the comic book reviews. And see what you have over there. I want to see what you got going on today because I haven't been privy to that. Um, looks like we already got a good chat going on. What do we got first there, Matt? We're going to start out with story time with Marco. All right, good, because I want to get this one off my deck. All right, <laughs> hey, everyone listen. loves story time, hey, Marco. Look, and I know it's, I know it's going to get killed in the chat because it always does. I know Gonzo's over there already. Just He's ready. He's, I was going to say, yeah, we, we got to wait for Gonzo to show up yeah, first. He, his, fingers gotta get, his fingers are getting to warm up. Yeah. One of his favorite topics. I don't know if you guys have all heard about this craziness with the uh, McDonald's Pokemon whole thing or whatever, what's going on with them and their Happy Meals. Um, I, I know that you guys have heard about it. My kids are starting to get into this. So, you know, I'm just trying to get them down with whatever. I don't understand the whole craziness either. I also, um, <clears throat> I don't eat fast food. I know it's going to sound weird. Uh, if you've watched some of our stuff earlier on about a year ago, we did like a, a specialty thing. I, I have Crohn's disease. They took out my colon before. Fast food is not something that uh, cooperates with it. So I haven't had fast food in like forever. Like just, I just don't eat it. Um, and in that return, our kids really haven't had it or anything like that. Um, I, I have my colon and everything i still don't eat fast food yeah it's just not good for you cardboard has more nutrition okay well that's good i just know that whenever i say i don't eat fast food people are like what are you uh, look i'm not a we just an alien a, we get it yeah i'm not a vegan or anything i just that's not we do a lot of home-cooked meals i'm Either not looking way, at my caloric count when i check my mcrib you know yeah yeah i don't under uh so like if you don't order fast food you don't get some of the nuances uh, of of the fast food industry, uh, such as like you can't just go up and order um, a Happy Meal at like let's say uh, ten in the morning. They don't serve it. There's serve times for for food and such like that, right? Oh, I want my whammy burger. That's fine. Yeah. So I went to. So I had this brilliant idea, and and we'll show you what I what what kind of happened with it. But it was like. Valentine's Day is coming up. I, it's also a holiday. Me and my wife has never celebrated. We just don't celebrate. But we have kids, uh, and the kids are huge. When you, you send your kids to school, all of a sudden, every holiday is the bloody next big thing. Uh, the children are screaming and yelling. So we started doing a, a pizza uh, situation where we get a heart-shaped Detroit-style pizza. 
This apparently is not enough because now kids are like, people are throwing parties or whatever. I don't care. I understand it's a tough year, but I'm going to do something special for my kids too. So um, I was going to load all the heathens up in the car and go to a McDonald's. And then I thought better of it. Like this isn't going to work well because I assume that McDonald's serves what McDonald's normally serves is like the, the over fried chicken nuggets and the burgers that never deteriorate and so such things like that. So instead, after all 18 of them are at school, I said, hey, for the youngest two, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pick up because they're getting into this Pokemon thing, this Pokemon uh, uh, Happy Meal, right? Got a great idea. We're going to give them cards and this and that and the other thing. I'll take all the food out, just throw it in the garbage disposal or out in the, the big dumpster and, uh, you know, get them the thing. Uh, so I go to McDonald's after dropping them off at you know, eight in the morning or whatever. And I go to McDonald's and they said, I'm sorry, sir. We don't serve. Uh, I said, Hey, there's this Pokemon thing or whatever. Yes. And they said, uh, sorry, we don't serve that. I said, very good. Can I just buy, can I just buy the box and whatever the toy thing is, please? And they said, uh, yes, you can buy one. I said, fine. And they said, but you have to order something. I said, okay. Um, okay. So I looked at their menu and I was like, okay. Uh, what what's the cheapest thing you have on the menu? Like I'll take a muffin. I didn't know they sold muffins. They sell muffins. So I'll take a muffin and uh, or I'll take two muffins and I'll take two boxes and two toys. Sorry, sir. We can't give you two boxes and two toys. We can give you two muffins and one box and toy. Okay. Well, I have two little ones that, that want this. It's a Valentine's day thing. When can I buy these Happy Meals? 11 o'clock, sir. 11 o'clock. Thank you very much. Sorry for being a hassle. I understand your job is very important. And me asking these questions and not knowing how it works, is pro you're probably like, this guy's an idiot. Thank you. I am. I appreciate it. I will be back. 11 o'clock rolls around. I can't get there. 11.30 rolls around. I do. I go there and I say, you know what? Instead of two of my kids, I'm going to buy it for four of my kids because you don't want to have fights starting. I okay. buy four. I buy four of these things. And on the receipt, it says for Pokemon things for 20th anniversary things. Like each one has a thing I order. I just order like four, two cheeseburgers and two uh, chicken nugget thingy. Mabobbers. They want to know sauce and whatever. Uh, I just like, yeah, okay. I'll throw some sauce in there. And I understand like this is earlier in the week a little bit, but I understand people are already trying to buy like whole boxes and like their McDonald's is maybe hopefully trying to curb this situation of people not even buying Happy Meals, but just stealing boxes of these cards out. Okay, I hope that's the situation. I understand it. I'm not going to give them a hard time. You can give me the stuff. I will go try to find a homeless person and give them the food. Um, so I get that. And they're asking all these questions because you can get apples or milk or juice. So I get two milks and two juices and what the heck ever else. Okay, because the kids will like some chocolate milk. So I order them and they give it to me. Hey, all right. And I, I got car seats in you know, the van with the panels. It's not blacked out. It does have windows in it. And I put them in the back and I, you know, right in the seat so they can see that I, I do actually have children. Okay. I leave. Prominently. Yes, I leave. Five minutes ride home. Not even. Maybe two minute ride home. Go two minute ride home. Go in and I'm going to take out all the food to go put it in a bag and then go find a homeless person and give them the food. Uh, I empty it out. There's nothing in the box. Box is empty. I'm like, okay. Well, maybe it's another box. So I go a second box. I go a third box. I go, oh, okay. There's nothing here. So I drive back to two minutes to McDonald's. I say, hey, excuse me. I, I just was here. I ordered four blah, blah, blah for the kids. Kids went through the boxes. There's no toy in here. Um, and they're like, oh, no, no, sir. We put them in there. I said, oh, very good. Well, what's the toy supposed to look like? And they said, it's it's a box. And then it's got a pack of cards in it. 
I said, oh, did you put it? Like, I only looked through three of the boxes. Is it in the fourth box maybe? No, no, we put them in each box. I was like, so it's the outside box. And this is why, because the outside box looks like, I mean, it looks like this. It looks like a, a box with Pokemon, like this guy, Pikachu on it, right? So, okay, so that's what we got, Pikachu box. Okay, so it's got to be that. The cards have got to be somehow, like, maybe cut them out of the side or whatever. Cool. No, sir, they're in the packaging. Okay, cool. I drive home. Uh, I have the receipt. It says 125, uh, 25th anniversary pack on it all. I check everything. Look through the fourth box, nothing. Just more McNuggets and fries. Okay. Call up there. Hey, excuse me. I, I talked to somebody who's supposed to be the manager. They said we that, that that they were in here. It's obviously not in here. You know, this is a kid thing. Like, it's kid. She says, uh, I can't give you those. And I said, well, I'm sorry, you can't give me the toy that's supposed to come in the box. Yeah, yeah, you can't have those. Why? Uh, oh, I'm give sorry. me what I paid for. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, on the receipt, it says you gave it to me. And she goes, It's I said that you know, I received them and I didn't actually receive them. No, I gave them to you because I put them in the, those boxes. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I did. So you got them. So I can't give you that. I could give you a different toy. I said, ma'am, let me explain to you what I'm doing. I'm, I'm giving this to my kids. Valentine's Day. It's a thing. Like, I don't want some random toy. I want the Pokemon thing that I'm supposed to get. And she says, well, I already put them in the box for you. And she starts raising her voice. I said, okay, ma'am. Well, I'm sorry. But uh, unless you have a very weird voice, um, the two people who load the boxes, by the way, you have windows where we could see you putting the food in there. Unless uh, you're actually a male who is elderly and wearing a blue mask or a younger male with darker hair wearing a black mask, you didn't load up those boxes because I can see through the window. Absolutely. I load those boxes. Absolutely. I put them. And she starts yelling at me. Okay. This is fine. I know everybody has a hard job. I understand that. So I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. At this point, I'm not going to get in an argument over toys. That's cool. I'm just going to call corporate, which she screams, go bleep and call corporate then. I said, okay, fine. I said, what is your name? I already bleep and told you my name. My name's Karen. So I'm like, your name's Karen, huh? Hung up the phone on me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. This doesn't solve the problem though, because I don't have the packs. And it's like, now I have this Valentine's Day thing in. So I did eventually drive down to another one. And a young man there, I said, hey, listen, it, it says no toy. I just want to know, is the Pokemon toy? He's like, absolutely. These things are hot, by the way. Go sell them on the internet. And I go, well, no, I'm going to have my kids open them. But yeah, sure. So the, the thing is, I did order the four, and I am going to have my kids order some. But Matt, could you pull, did you have the pictures of what I was planning and doing so these people aren't uh, killing me here on the what I was actually doing. Because this is why I'm doing tomorrow. Like when they wake up, this is what they're going to see my two kids. Do we not have that? It's I fine. But I can I can pull them up real quick. It's fine. If not, pretty much is what it is. I'm taking the box, like this box, and they're going to have like, there's going to be a Valentine's Day card out here. And then this, so this is the thing I thought I missed. By the way, when she was explaining to me to this, this is the worst part about it. She's explaining this. I said, okay, so it's a small box. Is it square or rectangular? Like I'm looking, like I'm asking her what this looks like. So I can look for it. So I didn't take them out. Well, it turns out that we find out later that maybe at this McDonald's, there was a little bit of business going on there and that uh, somebody was taking the, these out of the the boxes. We we got to the bottom line. Actually, McDonald's, uh, their resource center. Well, it also helped that one of my 18 brothers uh, originally was like part of the finance team that did offsite um, financing for uh, franchisees. But at the same point, he just said, hit up this little email here because they don't have any phone numbers. You have the email. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll look into it. They actually got back to me. And they're like, thank you very much. Uh, the the franchisee is going to call you and da, da, da. And then I'm not going to get into all what happened with that. But yeah, so here it is. This is what I was going to do. Just do a little like, hey, put this out. For, well, this is what's coming to them tomorrow. So I'm going to put this out. 
that you give them some apples and some chocolate milk and they get these little things in here. Um, and for some reason, this lady decided to lose her job because she wanted to steal Pokemon cards out of a, out of a box and then yell at, I mean, like, just tell me you didn't have any and you're sorry. I would have just gone to a different McDonald's, but instead you decided to tell me that you put them in a box and then decided to drop F-bombs on me. Not a good idea. I know that all you people love the stories of how stuff goes wrong in my life. I do expect it. That's why I don't get mad at whoever on the phone because like this isn't uh, abnormal. This is not a box, however, I don't think. I don't know if I'm doing this wrong. But here, we're going to open one of these up and show you what it is. So in the top, you get a little coloring thing for the kids. That's pretty cool, right? Because remember, I do have two extra of these. Um, and then you get uh, a sticker packet, which they're going to love. This is great. You get some stickers. Mm. That's kind of cool, right? That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. And then should, should we open up a card pack to see what we, we're getting in this, what everybody's going crazy about, these card okay. packs? I was I was waiting. I was like, so far, I do not get this craze. And, and now you got it. The, there are cards in there it. There is okay. card packs in there. Um, okay. I was, so this is, before this, I was like, so you get a coloring book and a silly you box? You know the saddest part? If she would have just told me, by the way, this box is actually kind of cool. There's like little ears here, and it yeah. builds a figure, so you pop out the ears, and then they have like a little game on the side. If she would have told me, like if she would have been smart about it and been like well sir the box is what you get it's like that's why it's pikachu and the stuff on the side i wouldn't have been the smarter i, I mean i probably would have filed out eventually but i would have been okay with it but like when mm. you start yelling at me and dropping f bombs in okay so we were wearing this up yeah some some type of tomfoolery is going on there Whoa, there's something really? in the phoenix area for 1k on offer up well i mean i don't know how much managers get paid over at uh, walmart i will just suggest that beep, like, beep. Uh, or not Walmart, I mean McDonald's. I would just suggest that I don't think 1K is worth it, but you never know. Um, so here we go. We will open these, and I think, oh, maybe better I'll open a, it up backwards. Better be a because Deadpool card in there for there one isn't. day. <laughs> there is not. Yeah, I mean, for dead. So you got one of these, which is okay. This is a Balbazar. Balbazar. That's that's cute. That's a cute card, I guess. That's fun. That's fun. Hit the Pikachu 60. I don't know what you're that is. You're getting a double whammy. Not only getting story time with Mark, you're getting pronounced Pokemon names with Marco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you see this one? This is a uh, Chespin. Chespin, is that right? Buck. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Chespin. Very oh, nice. Might, Char Char cool. We might have to have a segment on uh, the dark side where uh, Marco just pronounces uh, uh, Pokemon card names. Rollette, this is cool. They've got this little thing in the corner here where you got a little Pikachu on every card. That's kind of cool. And then this is supposed to be, I think, this is the shiny, right? This is the one. I don't know if people yeah. are after this card or whatever. No. Uh, this is, is that an Oshwatt? Oshwatt? Yeah. It's like a rainbow, but it's a special kind of reflector thing yeah. for McDonald's. We do have one more card pack, so we will, should we open one more card pack? Yeah. Oh, How much yeah. do the actual cards go for? I have no clue, bro. So, like, it I'm... depends on the card. The most expensive card right now in the set is the shiny Pikachu that's going oh, for like 60, 60 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's it. So, we will go back through this one, too. We will open up the second pack, too, um, to see if we can hit $60, I guess. Okay. What do we got here? We got a Grokey. A Grokey. Okay. Goes in tight. Yep. <laughs> Chandaquil, I guess, is what this Chandaquil. is. Chandaquil. Very good. Okay. Very good. Um, we got this one not shiny this time. Excellent. And then our shiny card is, oh, Chespin. So it's the same four. Is this like the same four cards over and over again? I don't know. Whatever. That's that's what it was. That's what apparently a lady decided to lose her job over. I don't know. Do what you will. But it is very, it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like everything else here. We always talk about how, like, we hate bots, which is another situation we get, we'll get into later in the Star Wars thing. We hate the rest of it. But to have a couple cards, I don't think any of these probably... 
I don't know. They can tell me if any of these are worth anything. They won't be worth anything by tomorrow because these are going to get extra go to my kids and they will be destroyed. So um, for something I'm going to destroy, that's what it was. But that's what's in the McDonald thing. So go out there, have fun. Get yourself a happy meal if you want. If you don't eat the food, um, you know, just donate it. There's people out there that are hungry. Here's nope. what's going to happen. You're going to give it to your kids and your kids are going to run around the house. And they're going to say, I'm Gambit, and jump off the couch and throw those cards at you as hard as they can. Oh, yeah. The stickers, too, are going to be everywhere. Like, I'm Gambit, and, oh, and that's this... what's going to happen. Wait, so it's different. The, the stickers are different. I thought it would be the same stickers. No. Look, they're going to love this. Look, there's a Pikachu sticker, which I know they like. And I think the other one had a Bulbazar or something. So, yeah, this is going to be great. But but listen, there is kids out there for it. I know that people are trying. Are they actually selling for $1,000 or are they trying to sell them for $1,000? So the cases they're trying to sell for $1,000. Okay. Cases of them. Well, I hope they don't sell any of them. I hope uh, I hope that they figure this out. I don't know how McDonald's didn't number the cases so they could see that these. Because when I. So I did talk to some people over there and they said that this is an ongoing situation that that you think like. So all the toys that they do aren't good, but they have a good promotion every once in a while, and they've been trying to combat this. So it's very serious if they find something like this happens out to a franchisee. So definitely go and do the email. If it happens, if you're going out there, like, look, don't go out there and try to order 20 uh, Happy Meals and try to scalp somebody and then get upset because they won't sell you 20 Happy Meals. But if you have kids or if you like Pokemon, I know there's a lot of adults that like the Pokemon too. Like, it's cool, man. I'm getting into it. I'm learning how to – I'm starting to – I got these things now where I'm trying to do this, where you put them in a sleeve to do a deck. And then I got this little box thing or something. I don't understand all the intricacies of it, but I'm figuring it out for the kids. I'm saying it's cool, man. If that's what you're down with, get it. Just don't take advantage of it, please. You know Pat, I mean? Patrick hit it right on, on the head. These folks are completionists. So they want all 25 base cards and all 25 foils of the same cards. The Pokemon community takes got to catch them all very literally. Oh, there's so it's 50. They need 50 cards and they only give you four cards in a thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So well, a lot of McDonald's we, is being eaten. We saw this problem up, 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 up. with Star Wars toys at Burger King years ago, uh, early, you know, what, 2003 or four or whatever, when the first, you know, episode one, two, and three came out, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, the, the Vader, the special Vader one, little action bobblehead looking figure guy. And they had all the different ones. They had Kit Fistu and Yoda and all that. And they all did different stuff. Anyway, that Vader was like one in 500. Is what they Jesus. when they ordered them out of all 500 that they got, there was only one Vader in all of it. Supposedly, that's what I heard. Um, so even those, the, the Vader's people were hawking them on eBay and stuff for hundreds of dollars, and you couldn't ever get them at the, at the Burger Kings unless you knew someone who worked there in a man, managerial position. Okay, so I got a question for Ben here because he says, Ben says, I had some co workers order 150 Happy Meals through Grub Hip. That's which is also a company that, yeah, I know what he's talking about. I also don't use that company, but um, I, wait, are, are they, these are adults doing it to, to complete their collection because they got to collect them all. Here, is this what we're looking at? Ben, here's the thing to keep in mind with Pokemon is they are targeted to adults because everybody who's mostly everyone who's a fan of Pokemon was when they were kids and they're grown up now. So it's, this is more targeted to adults. Don't get it twisted. This is no, targeted at adults. I, I get no it, yeah. both. Like kids like it too, though. I mean, that's yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's kids who join me in the Digimon race. It's then. just like kids so who grow I, up, you know, your kids who watch the X-Men the Animated Series. It's because you showed it to them. So their parents showed them Pokemon. So they're into it too. So it's adults and kids alike that are into this. So it's it's just like a, the combo community. It's who has the most money to to do what they need to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't mind. Like if you go up there and you're like, hey, listen, they don't have the Pokemon 
the the Pikachu box. What what disappointed me was when the lady was like, "I'll give you a different toy." Well, if the the kids go to school, man, like yeah. school is just a gossip ground. You think some kid doesn't know what's supposed to come in that box? If I showed up with just the box, yeah, I would have been okay. But then my kids would have told me, "Dad, that's not what's supposed to come in that box." You know what I mean? Like they know they might not know that there's food or whatever. That's why we put the apples in there and the chocolate milk or whatever. But they know for sure. That there's supposed to be some cards or some whatever the huda huda whatever is supposed to be in there. I'm telling you, kids know what's going on, man. They got the ear to the street. So, like, I, look, man, it, it stinks that somebody like, had to lose their job. Like Katie that. Kaboom on on Animaniacs, you just they'd pan out on the earth and you'd see this little mushroom cloud come up when when Marco handed his children the the box, no Pokemon cards. In <laughs> Believe it or not, my kids are well more well behaved than me, so they would have just been like, "This isn't how this is supposed to be, Dad." Um, I, I imagine it like um, Adam Sandler and Big Daddy. Give them a happy meal. Will somebody get to get a happy meal? They're freaking out. I get the Pokemon cards. Uh, yeah. So I. Uh, so Ben was saying that it's adults to resell. I mean, can you, like, really at that point? Because what's a what's a what one of these things cost? What four or five dollars? I don't even know. Like five it's been bucks, so long. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's five bucks. Some, yeah. What, what's a happy meal cost? Five bucks. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like five bucks. bucks. So you're going five bucks and ordering 150, and I know Grubhub puts a percentage on that. So like. Really, what what's the breakdown of that? Seven bucks a thing, and you're trying to like if one card's sixty dollars, man. How, like, in my day, essentially, you can get though, a happy meal for two fifty. <laughs> if you go to a card shop, at least the ones here in Phoenix, you buy a pack of Pokemon cards. They're like four bucks a pack. Four bucks a pack. And then you go to Walmart; it's like seven bucks a pack. So you're you're basically spending the same amount you would on a pack of cards and getting free food to go with it. So yeah, fair enough. I mean, yeah, if you're ordering one hundred fifty, though, you're not. Eat, what are you doing with the food, Ben? I, I mean, I. Look, man, do whatever you want. I'm just saying. Like, eat it. $150? Office party. Yeah, exactly. Office I was going to say. There's, a, the there's cheeseburgers in the break Wanda's got cheeseburgers in the break room. Oh, yeah. the unopened packs are going to $10 to $15. Yeah. Well, I should have just given away a pack instead of opened it, I guess. Okay. I just so feel you're making, all those damn apple slices, making like $10 a pack, I guess. To McDonald's. No, because that, I, that was can I got somebody fired? I got the manager fired there. You think they're not looking for me now? Please, they're coming for you. Well, I mean, you can't be touched. If you yeah. guys are like Marco and you're uh, a little on edge tonight, and you need something to to kind of just take the edge off, why not join us in playing the drinking game? Scan the QR code that's on your screen right now to get the secret keywords to tonight's episode. So that way, you know every time you need to take a drink, when Marco maybe rants about McDonald's or Solo Wookie. Says something about Star Wars, or you mentioned Corbin, or you know, anybody. hey, there's a chocolate milk right there. there. Drink there a chance, go. drink a chance, baby. <laughs> Drinking game, I'll drink um, to that. Yes. By the way, I, I'm I'm skeptical about the the apples too because they're still uh, that's like, what I said. Yeah, like I'm thinking like I should just put something else in there at this point. I don't know. I might read the comments later, but like I'm sure there's no skins on them or whatever, and like they're still the same color they were three days ago when I picked the things up. So like they're indestructible. There's apple slices. What yeah, they're apple slices that didn't change colors. They went they're through the McDonald's the treatment. Color. Those things will last, outlast. Yes. Yeah. Well, definitely outlast you. I might stick around, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure that's. I'm not sure that's good. After the apocalypse, <laughs> there'll be cockroaches, McDonald's apples, and Twinkies, and that is it. And the world will be yeah. That's what's going to be. You should, have, you should just ordered a bunch <laughs> of strawberry cream pies. You'd have been in a much Big. better. Yeah, well, that was the thing, though, that you, you could order as much as she said you could order. There was something shady. I should have known there was something shady going on when she said you could you could order an item and then buy one. 
And then when I said, fine, I'll take two items and two packs. And she's like, no, you can only get one pack. Like I, I should have known there was something up there because it didn't make any sense how the story kept changing. But then when she told me she loaded it up and I'm like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Like I, the guy came to the window. It's It was a guy who loaded it up and your voice doesn't sound. And his name definitely wasn't Karen. Um, My name's Karen. Yeah. I totally loaded your boxes. Wait, the said, funny part I loaded is, them up in my pocket yeah but the funny part was real quiet like so on the on the slide there you didn't hear that in my pocket so the funny part about it all was that i thought she was bsing with me about her name being karen she wasn't karen no karen's filing for unemployment today like her name was karen i guess yeah she's a karen I, I don't know what to do with that that's all i'm gonna say lemon juice what yeah lemon juice does I would agree, but then when they just, the how much how much lemon juice you got put on an apple for to keep it for four days though? I mean, Donald's can afford it. We know that. Yes, they can. <laughs> they can. <laughs> Go on. But all right, sticking all on right. Uh, sticking on a topic that's for the kids. Let's talk about a little uh, little uh, what was revealed at D twenty three this week is we're gonna get a devil dinosaur and moon girl uh, episode. Whoa, what's up, Adonis? Welcome. As oh, you're he's muted. on mute. As mute. Okay, mute. it's all right. Well, you can unmute. We'll let him sit down. We'll let him get into oh, his seat. Sorry. Hello. There you sorry. <laughs> but uh, uh, Moon Moon, moon Girl, Girl and Devil Devil Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Thoughts? Excitement? I am. Kids. Uh, I mean, the cast looks great. People who want to be kids Does at it? heart. Yeah. Does it? Who's the voice I acting cast? Corbin. Doing the complete redown. Give me a second now because I thought we were just going to lead off from that. Put me no, on the no, 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 no. So, like, what's the show? Y'all just light me up. I love it. Right. <laughs> so, this I is what I like about it, though. This is what I like about it, though. And, and this is funny because I know we got some of the sharks in the chat. Is like a couple years ago, there was like a big, uh, 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 big fun time, a little, a little thing over at the, uh, in Baltimore in a hotel. And it was a, a Mel V and a legs guy and me and another partner from Detroit. And we were all sitting down and chitty chatting. And then after we went outside uh, and then came back in and me and Mel had to have a conversation with somebody who told us we weren't staying at that hotel and informed him that that might not be the best thing to say to us. We talked about it and he had brought up like, Hey, you know, this devil dinosaur or a moon girl devil. I said, you better believe I did because at that show I bought two runs of volume one, the full runs for a dollar a piece for the, and then a little bit of discount. For that comic, I was like, no, I absolutely love this comic. And he was trying to sell me on the comic back then. And the fact of the matter is, like, he said, well, why would you do that? And I told him this, and I'll tell you all this. Like, that year, early on, there was another comic that was going on. There's another uh, there's another comic show that was going on. And on that comic book show, there was three dads and three daughters. And those dads were like, yeah, yeah, miserable looking but smiling because they were walking around in dinosaur outfits, like those blow-up dinosaur outfits, and those girls were looking like Moon Girl. And as soon as that had happened, I was like, that's it. Like, any guys that are willing to dress up, like, to go that far, uh, to deal with that, any guys that are willing to go that far to dress up for their kids and show up on a con floor and take it, because guys were giving, believe me, dealers were giving them heat, Everybody was giving them heat and they didn't care and they just went through it. I knew that was going to be something down the line. Like that's something that you knew was going to come up down the line. He gave me some other theory on it or whatever, but like it sounded good too, man. Like whatever the theory is, it sounds great, man. I don't care why you decide to buy into that, but I bought into it early. So this stuff is good for me because I, I like it, man. Like it, I can't tell you that the arcs are the best or what any of the stories are. Cause to be honest with you, I got two long boxes full of it and I, haven't read that much of it. So, I mean, 
that kind of stinks. But I mean, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So what do we got? Oh, as far as the cast, um, Diamond White, singer, actress. Uh, she was on Disney's Lion Guard. If you happen to listen, watch that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, she also did The Bold and the Beautiful. So she's there. Lawrence Fishburne is the Beyonder. He's also the series executive producer. So he's there as well. Um, you have some names. I don't want to say because I'm a butcher, but I recognize them. Uh, Fred Tatascori? Yeah. From Avengers Assemble. He's been a couple of different voices, but I butchered the name. So you have some guys and, and gals who have been in stuff already um, established, and I think that's going to make an interesting play along with the animation, which they did send out like a brief little sneak peek of what it looked like. So I'm excited. I haven't read a lot of it. So like, I guess we'll see where it goes. I'm not like going to be knocking down the door day one, but yeah, looks intriguing. Why not? So JJ asked a question. He said, why isn't the Kirby DD one? So, listen, I, I don't know. I hope it does because that's another. I got a dozen of those. Anything that I could get for under $10. And we, do, mm-hmm. and we do Sorry. know that we do know going into it that she's going to open up that dimension to go. So we might see we might see a moon boy and devil dinosaur coming through that part. And that might give us a little bit of motion. Uh, thank you, Darth Lopez. Uh, all right. Appreciate it, brother. 30 and- Ah, there you go. Thank Thank you, Darth. Wow. Appreciate it, man. All right. So, like, that's it. Like, I'm excited for it. I'm also excited because it's a kid's show, and the kids, like, honestly, Disney hasn't been putting a ton of cool stuff out for that. A lot of the kids' shows that they've been putting out are shorts, right? Like, we all have seen that, like, especially for younger kids. I know, uh, Adonis, you have a younger kid too, right? So, like, we, yeah, yeah, like, we, uh, uh, Olena focuses on the Mickey Mouse um, shorts. We watch a lot of those, and, and that's pretty much it. Like outside of that, we're in, we're in, we're in uh, Cartoon Network world. So, so we do we do uh, Hulu too. So then, like they do PBS Kids. So like, yeah. and it's like tough because I want them to watch stuff that I like. And like, there's, I mean, there's nothing on there for for them to watch except for the shorts. And the shorts is like a pain because they won't let you just run all the shorts together. For those that don't know, yeah. Disney's done this thing where they have a bunch of very small short clips. What are they? Thirty seconds or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. minute 30 something to that whatever yeah. it is it's, animation it's not even long enough for you to go and grab some dinner or something like it's too short <laughs> and they're like next one please next one please and you're like the whole time you're on a clicker just clicking ne- okay yay okay HBO max has a ton of great great incredible cartoon content um yes. foster's home yes. for imaginary friends yep. i've been re-watching that because that's one of the dopest cartoons that was ever invented nor or made or in, i love that i have recently restarted uh samurai jack love that cartoon um they have all kinds of great great cartoon content yeah in their in their hub set uh, not hub settings but their hub choices um they have studio ghibli they have cartoon network they have Crunchyroll. they have a lot of stuff in um in the HBO Max realm, which is really awesome. Um, Olena loves going on there. And like I said, that's where we go when we dwell in the Cartoon Network world. Um, on Hulu, uh, we're messing with Ninja Turtles. That's that's where she's at. So mm, ain't that like, the truth. all right. Yeah, I mean, we do roll some old stuff, and I'm not going to say where you can find the stuff, but you can find it. Like the old He-Man, every once in a while we'll run through that. Oh, Obviously, yeah. we watch a little bit. My Little Pony's big and Transformers, the original stuff. Uh, you can find yep. it out there. If any of you young kids want to get your uh, kids into 1981 Spider-Man, I have a DVD I could send you. A bootleg. Don't don't. <laughs> don't Just don't say Gargoyles should be. I got a couple. Uh, 
Gargano oh, should yeah. be on just no one on MCN condones or will tolerate the passing of Corbin's bootleg DVDs onto another member. Yeah, of the only one said, I didn't so, say they were. Just in case the, these are the real ones, <laughs> not Corbin's. He's trying to give out the ring video. He's trying to give out the ring video at this yeah. point. I call it the Corbin cut. Right? <laughs> Listen, get your hands on the Corbin cut. That's all I say. Oh, my oh that's hilarious. Hey, so before we before before we move right. on from it, can we read off? Because uh, Lopez did give us uh, four ninety nine. We really appreciate the super chat. It's a Lopez with a big super chat donation. He goes thirty eight millennium rather than tens of thousands fit to be a Jedi. It's a quote from Darth Plagueis. I know he's getting big into this. He's got a lot of good theories on it. Um, you guys know Tag and Bink and all, everything like that. With the, it's going to be an interesting argument when that character hits. If that is really him, or if that is a first appearance, or if that is a cameo of an actor playing that. Whatever it's going to be, we'll get into it eventually. But we do thank you, Darth Lopez. We really do appreciate it, man. Um, hey, we put in the time. We like that you guys uh, give us a little bit of effort for that. I'll send you out a Pokemon card, maybe, or a box there or something. Go. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> All right. A what else? Pokemon card. Speaking of director's cuts, Corbin cuts, we got a little picture of what uh, Jared Leto is going to look like in the uh, oh, yeah. Snyder cut. Yeah, um, yeah. What you want to even call we it at this we point? Can't call it, we can cut. Hey, please, can, can, can you explain this to me? This is not a cut at this point. This is a whole new movie, Listen, right? Yeah, that's what we're bad. doing. We're it's doing the a way whole it movie. should have been. It's the way. It's the way Justice League should have been. It's going to be fine. It's going to be perfect. But wasn't this kind of rolled out as easy? Wasn't this kind of rolled out of like this is the stuff that like cut means that they cut it out of the film. This is a cut out of the film. This is well, they see, redid it. Snyder's so revolutionary, he's changing the way we look at the word cut, okay? So, like, <laughs> cut, you would say... You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> this is going to add, it's going to enhance. We're going to be talking about oh. the movie for years to come. Let me tell you, I cannot wait. Well, oh, you're going to be waiting longer because they're still shooting this thing, even yeah, though it's Snyder. supposed to just be, like, in putting together already filmed stuff. This is... Yeah. This, is am I wrong? But this is not already filmed, right? I mean, some of it. Yeah, Snyder's re. You know, he's making the movie he wants. It's, it's all good. Greatness takes time. I'm excited. You know, personally, uh, we're gonna see I'm how he got those. Ha- those. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be exciting. It's, like, it's like, essentially a director's reimagining of a director's cut. It's gonna yeah, be the. Yeah. Okay, that's one way of putting it more harshly. I would like to say it's a a, a, a director's uh a full dream come to realization here. Okay, but, no, well, right? I, I use this analogy in another talking with someone else. You look at Superman two, the Donner cut, right? It, it, it's a better cut than what you got the, than the theatrical release, but it's not that much different than the original. So why is it that Snyder gets to go and take all this extra time, all this extra money to shoot new sh- stuff, to shoot new scenes, to redo the Joker? Because he, he basically gets to sit here and listen to uh, people like Goss and other fans trash him and backlash, <laughs> and he can go, oh, well, you don't like that? I'm going to fix that. You don't like That's, the way the Joker looks in Suicide Squad? I'll fix that. And he's basically great. doing everything he can to make sure that this movie is a massive success. But this is it. It will be. This is it. I'm gonna even if this thing is a junker, I'm gonna go pay for. I'm not gonna go to a movie theater. Don't get it twisted. I'm not going back to those stank ass places. Like it's worse well, than an all boy school locker room in those places. Yeah. But I'll go buy a ticket and then go hand it to somebody because of this. If they could do it with this. I want to see the Trevorrow cut of episode nine. Give me that. Give me the get rid of Abram stuff. Give me the Trevorrow cut of episode nine. If this is what we're calling cuts nowadays, go ahead. Go <laughs> refilm that for $300 million and do that for yep. me. Because this is what I mean, this can't be cheap, right? I, I want the Edgar Wright cut of, of Ant Man. 
mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> right? but they they made money on episode nine, so they'll never redo that. Whereas yeah, Justice League was so ranted and raved and, and discussed poorly that they're like, hey, we gotta try and redeem this. How can we do it? Let's give it back to Snyder. No, 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 no. You don't throw bad you don't throw bad thing. Throwing money after bad money is bad ideas, is all I'm gonna say. Yeah, like that, that money don't make none. Well, okay. DC I lately think, has not been known for making the greatest idea movement. And I, I Shame on you like, there. Watch yourself, Solus. <laughs> calm down. Calm down here. Comments. Too early. Comments. 36 minutes in. Too early for the slander. Adonis. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. First, not... off, first okay. off, I think what it is is that they they are taking more seriously what the fans are saying, what the fans are demanding, um, which is definitely definitely important for maintaining – hope and faith in the dc uh the dc entertainment universe this because so many people are just they just fell off because of the poor execution to these stories and this lore that we all love and i think snyder i really like snyder i maybe i'm biased i don't know but i like pretty much everything that he pushed he put out there's 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 very few things that I like uh, that I dislike. That's not you don't you out. don't get out of the house enough, do you, Adonis? Wow! You, you don't see enough movies, do you? Wow. <laughs> you like everything he puts out. Hey, Come on, look, man! Can you just let me live? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you live, brother. I'll let uh, you live. <laughs> but I think I think I, I, I'm excited to see what he comes up with. I'm excited to um to experience this re. This redo, basically, it's like when you're a little kid and you're playing a game. You're like, no, 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 we got to restart. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let's just restart. So, yeah, but- I'm, if that's how this is gonna work, if this is gonna be the new standard bear, like if you make a crud movie and there's some decent elements and there's at least hype behind it that people want to watch it, and then you get to do a retake. Yep. Yeah. Dude. Okay. All right. In, in all seriousness, I, I will as much crap as we have given this this cut, this extra edit, this refilm. I will say that he did suffer one hell of a personal tragedy when he first yeah. started making this, and and yeah. kudos to that guy for coming back and trying to to bang it out to get it. You know what I mean? Like I, kudos to that, to Snyder for coming back and saying, look, that's not the movie I wanted to make. I had some shit that happened and, and I'm willing to, in the beginning, I was very, you know, sniding against it, but with that in mind and, and so a little empathy and then seeing the trailer that he dropped, I, I agree. I think that his original vision definitely got lost and, and I'm leaning more towards an op- more open mind of, of what he's going to bring back for the really? screen for the fans. Raymond Richard uh, says, waiting on the Snyder cut is like waiting yeah. for Ben and Jen to get back together. When's it going to happen? And, yeah, and yeah, it's going to happen, Raymond, and I'm waiting for it. I've been waiting a long time, okay? <laughs> we need to get back together. All right? I, I agree with that. Marco, though. At what point, like, he, you get to go, cool. okay, well, the Joker was a massive success, so we're going to retool Heath Ledger to make him look like, or not Heath Ledger, uh, Jared Leto to make him look like that. So he looks he like the, better. He, he looks better. like yeah, or the Phoenix's Joker with the blood smeared across his face. And no, he, we don't even know if it's blood. It's probably makeup. I'm just saying. I, I I originally liked the first Joker. I thought it was a clean new take on the Joker when we've seen so much of the same recycled Joker over and over. Oh, I liked the new villain. Give me the Rasta for Joker. gangster. Wow like hip hop kind of joker. Cause it was, it was a little more fresh, a little more current. It was a new yep. idea. 
and He's now we're just right? seeing the same recycled Joker. Except he wasn't the Joker. He was basically a glorified version of Harley Quinn's boyfriend. You, you know what's funny? I guess that, I guess he has a lot in common with Joaquin Phoenix. They were both weren't the Joker. So great. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Whatever you say. I love okay. Amazing. This, this, and Corbin this, coming back with a fine ass point. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Like, how does like I've heard some things out there, and I don't know if this is true. But it, and I appreciate what Solo said about that. But it doesn't sound like Snyder was saying. Oh, this is on me because I made a mistake or I was going through an emotional time. What he said is like people came in there and told me I could do this or could do that. It's all these corporate uh, you know, Thai people coming yes. in here and ruining my movie. Of course. It yeah, was. it's the same, it's the same court. He's working for the same corporation. Well, I guess you know, all he had to do was flame them and the people spoke. The people spoke for a while. I was I was people, I was with those people. And we got our voices heard. You know, corporate was like, whoa, whoa, let's settle down the people here. Let's give them what they want. And they want all the Snyder they can ram up. They want all the Snyder they can get. Okay? Okay. We're, we're going to get Snyder. It's going to be great. I can't the wait Corbins to. The have united and the Corbins have spoken. We've spoken. We are we on our train. Snyder. We want yeah. Snyder. All I've wanted for all these months is Snyder. I'm going to get it. Okay, it's getting a little weird. Point being, you can't yeah. you you can't be you can't be worse than Birds of Prey and, and Suicide Squad. So like, and, and any other Batman movie they've done in the last uh, 10 Wonder years. Woman eighty four. You got to bring that up because that was that I actually was, didn't have a problem with Wonder Woman eighty four. Wow, oh, that no. is surprising, Marco. Because bad. I can't. Yeah, it was bad. But wow, okay. Compared to the other stuff they put out, I, yeah. I, I see my bar <laughs> set so low. Time out. My bar is like set here for like even below for the DC is- stuff. So if they put out anything that's like, okay, I didn't fall asleep during it or didn't shut it off, which I didn't on that movie, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, have you I mean, have you seen the original Punisher or the original yeah. Daredevil? Yeah, with Dolphin. Yeah, I love the, yeah. I love all three of the. I love all three of the original. I like Punisher Warzone. I like, uh, you know, my man out of Detroit, of course, Steve Nash was in one of the Punishers. Yeah. So you know, I gotta love that one. Yeah, I love all of them, man. I love oh the original Dolphin where they're in the in the uh, uh yeah where they're the doing the little one, yeah, thing in the where he actually never story. wore the Punisher insignia. Yeah, no, yeah, I love that too. That's good. Darth I mean, had skull on him. That was a Punisher. I didn't pay for it, but I liked it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, that's yeah. a big statement right there. The Snyder Cut will be Citizen Kane compared to Wonder Woman 84. That's <laughs> yep. a bull, big bull you statement. That Patrick, dude got Patrick, some big nuts Patrick, right there. Patrick, no, Patrick is the right person. He should have just Patrick stopped. Pulled down his pants and set his pair on the table and was like, "This is what I got." Bring that comment back up. Bring that comment back up real quick. You cut off, put a period at the end of Citizen Kane, and you got and you got what the Snyder Cut's gonna be. Yeah, oh my God. Okay. Oh my. Boom. Look at hey, Done. like my man Eminem said, sometimes you gotta stop trying to live up here and just bring it back down to here. You guys, please set your expectations properly. This is a DC property. Unfortunately, stop trying to be up here. Get it back down here. Unfortunately, All right? that's, that's that's Britney Spears has a song too. We're gonna quote songs. Britney Spears, give me more. That's all I say. Okay, I gotta <laughs> tell him. Please tell him about it, Corbin. <laughs> That's a we quoted songs, we quoted, quoted song lyrics, and that's what I want. Get, get, that's that actually is. wasn't a song lyric, it's from a movie where he said it in a car. Oh, well, well, yeah. I, I, okay. Brittany also I, I, had a song entitled Oops, I Did It Again. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's right. <laughs> Solo, we don't need to hear your nice stories. All right, We're just all, right. To all right, what do we got next? That's enough clouded on DC for yeah. 15 no, minutes. You guys are done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> we're not even, we're only 43 pessimist. minutes of the show, and Corbin's already done. Just like, pessimistic. I'm, I'm just done. <laughs> if it's not Marvel, I won't talk about it. 
Oh, Sad news uh, coming out of the D- the CW world. If you were specking heavy, if you were specking heavy on the uh, Yara floor stuff and the TV show for uh, Wonder Girl, I, I think you're out of luck as we have it fresh out from the horse's mouth that they have passed on the Wonder Girl and they are not going to be moving forward with the show. So what does that what does that do with Yara floor? Is she uh, everyone who specked heavy on that Future State book? Is that all tank now? Is it done? <laughs> yeah. Punchline. Punchline still goes for a dollar. We can get this for a dollar too. You know what I mean? Like, we'll come back. What is my we man? Last for? week, the punchline goes for much more than a dollar. All right. Well, what I'm saying is it goes for a couple dollars. Yeah, it goes for some money. So, what I'm saying is this what my man Steve Horn always says people recycle spec at all points, right? This is going to be recycled too. There'll be a rumor about this coming out, even if it's true or not, in, in three, six months. And the price will go right back up again. We'll yep. see it sell again. And then eventually, maybe if it gets enough hype, they'll produce it. DC, we just said DC's all t- expectations have to stop being up here. And they just, they like, we got to set the bar even lower now because they didn't even, they didn't even get the show out. They didn't, it was like week by week. They're like, last week, this is it. This is the future. This week, nope, done. So you're saying I, people, I, people on Reddit with GameStop, like, you know, like holding GameStop stock, they need to hold this book and hold the line, huh? <laughs> No, I just, I just hope it recycles. I, hold yeah. that line. If you didn't sell it already, hold it. Sell it in three weeks. There's three months, dude. Or put this back through Reddit or whatever you're going to do. It'll come back around. This stuff comes back around, man. I don't know, dude. I just know that DC is really having a hard time right now. It is not going well for well, any in, in fairness, they may have seen this and did like a storyboard or animatronic thing where they laid it all out. And they're like, man. This just isn't working, which would be awesome. This would be the first time they did that and went, let's go ahead and pump the brakes on this one because it is not turning out like we hoped. <laughs> just and, just and the way Solo describes this, I, I imagine no. them with animatronic puppets just acting out this conversation. No, guys, it's worse. It's worse. They literally pitched part of it a month ago. They said, that sounds great. They went back in to do a bigger pitch on it. Like not even puppets. Just some more writing, like wrote three more pages. Ooh. And they said, Yeah, no, sorry, we're done. Yeah. Damn. Good. Finally, they're Damn. like, Hey, you know what? This is no, that's good. not good. That's <laughs> well, not they good. stopped it before that's they put the us. money into it. I mean, look at Batman versus Superman. At least they're starting to show we're gonna try and put out a better content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, you sure? Because they don't sound like they're putting out any better content. It's uh, <laughs> you know what. <laughs> Uh, we don't have the money for that we're we're doing snyder cut see they should just do animation they do animation well cw should be full it should be a a adult swim that's what it should be it should be like old school adult swim where you had clone wars on it a bunch of other good stuff you had uh uh wasn't uh the space 3000 where they make fun of the old tv shows and you got uh what's his name ghost man out there and they're doing like talking back and forth and being all space ghost yeah space ghost on there and yet, uh, who's the guy? Who's the caveman guy that's had everything in his hairy like thing and with a bam bam? Yeah, do that. Oh, do something like that, but do it DC style. Yeah, caveman. yeah. Hey, have Luke stop crying out there on the internet and have him come in and voice all your characters over there. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. I just saved DC and made me some money because these are all DC books. I need to sell them. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. They open their man. books and they're like, all right. So our budget is got Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Titans. Doom Patrol's all right. Um, Flash, Batwoman. I don't know why that's still here. It's good. I've been watching. It's um, good. It's good. I've watched every episode. Star so Girl. They took a break. Lois and Clark. Yeah, we don't. We don't have any room for 
Pretty they're bringing wonderful. back Lois and Clark. Yeah. yeah, it's not. No, they're not bringing back Lois and Clark. It's called Dang Superman it. and well, Lois. And it's about Same Superman thing. and Lois with kids, and they're teenagers and they're twins. They're moving back to much. I'm not going to take any more DC slander, guys. We're going to pause all the breaks <laughs> right here, right now. Right, I've had too much of this. I listened to the last four or five minutes, and I am done. Okay, Superman and Lois is totally different. If you we haven't even gotten a comic it, review yet, Corbin more slander. The trailer came out. You would see it's a night and day difference. They're putting a lot more money into it. It is definitely more interesting. I am curious as to what they're going to do with the villains since Supergirl took most of them. Come on, y'all. What, what happened to Nuance? No, 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 let's let's get some let's start some dialogue. Okay. Hey, real quickly, somebody call Corbin's mom and have her take that chocolate milk away from him because he's getting a little excited. Get a little ramble. You gotta go to that festa or whatever that little sparkly water is that you drink. Just let me ask a question real quickly. Relax. Serious question. Serious question to chat. Serious question to chat. Everybody else. What channel is even CW on? CW six. It's in the title. Well, oh really? I still I don't even know where it's sixty one in Phoenix, bro. It's two in Colorado. You know what? Okay, whatever. You guys. <laughs> I don't even know what channel it is. <laughs> we made him quit. All right, so what's the next topic? Let's get away. I didn't know we were going back to back DC to DC, man. Oh, my gosh. Corvus uh, we had a, que- a question in the chat. Just like CD does. I don't know. No, I, do, I really don't know. I don't think I've ever seen CW. Like, I don't know if it's like where where it oh, is on the thing. Anyone specking on a um, miracle? When Arrow came out, Marley it was miracle. really good. When it, they've had some good shows, right? they, yeah. they truly yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyone specking on uh, Molly Miracle? Once again, if you can get for the right price, spec on everything. If it's cheap well, this enough, is that new. Um, this is that new. Yeah, uh, I know the one that Indian, they chat that they were throwing. Yeah, down. that they they released the art germ. I believe it's the art germ cover for it. Oh, art germ. This is the one we were laughing at last week, unfortunately. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, look, man. It's just Pun- Punchline 2.0. Who cares? It's going to sell out. I just can't. Somebody asked the question. No, I'm not Y'all want me on here tonight. Y'all want me on here tonight. That's what this was. This is some fucking Corbin stuff. Corbin's excited about his super teen drama. But should you like this is the thing I'm saying? Wow. Like people, people were telling me that that people were telling me the Teen Titan book is sold out. Do you know that Future State DC had so they had so like and it's actually kind of smart, but they were had they didn't have a lot of faith in these book lines that they allowed comic store I just owners. Bought this. I am excited. Oh, Jesus. All right, Superman hoodie. They let comic store owners order as much as you want, and you re- can return as many non-bought books as you want. People yeah. could comic book stores could have bought whatever they wanted, knowing that a new character was coming out at Teen Titans, and still they didn't. Buy, it was sold out in a lot of places. I don't get it. I Magic mean, I know you have Port Corbin. He's more librarian than barbarian in this moment. <laughs> All of the worst right now, and I am not on that payroll. You know what? Listen, y'all. I'm just being. <laughs> Corbin is on the APP payroll. Y'all right. the worst. All right. <laughs> Moving on. DC. <laughs> Sticking with DC. They announced the return of Milestone. Why, why? Okay. And that's going to lead us in to uh, Corbin's topic this week. You going to take it away, Corbin? I mean, listen, I'm, 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 am I ready? I don't know. I think I do need a beat, but we're going to just... No. Like... All right, Corbin. Okay, I was about to. All right, anyway, let's start. Okay, so Milestone, you guys get me all riled up, and now I'm supposed to be composed and give a... 
don't know how you expect me. So much pressure. All right. Anyways, so we all know Milestone. Um, if we don't, we're going to go into it. I'm going to flesh it out. But the news related to Milestone, before I actually go into the backstory, uh, last summer, you had the DC Fandom event. DC announced we've been waiting for two or three years. Uh, the long way to return of Milestone Media, the heroes of the 90s. Uh, the most dominantly, of course, Static Shock would be coming back. And they teased this... Um, arrival or this this reintroduction with the digital preview called milestone returns well now they're ready to move forward with that uh they announced this past uh this friday that later this month they're gonna release an extended digital version of um milestone returns uh number zero which was written by uh co-founders dennis cohen's and um reginald Hudlin with the other team of collaborators and so what that is is it's setting up new adventures for people like static like icon like rocket i'll talk about those in a minute but with additional content along with the introduction of a new hero that they've created who is called Duo, and that was created by Greg Pack. So that's the news like part Greg of Pack. it. Greg Pack's always got good stuff, man. Go ahead, hey. sorry. No, no, he does. no yeah, he does. I, I, after hearing all the stuff you said, Mark, I'll forgive me if I'm just initially hesitant to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I, was try- I thought I was talking as positively as I could about it. I, mean, I was just trying I mean, to set people's no. expectations. No, no, you're right. right. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let me let me get to sharing my screen here and talking about what I what not share my screen. Let's talk about Milestone. That's what this spotlight of this week is. I want to talk about the history of Milestone Media, specifically Milestone Comics. And let's talk about it. so Milestone Media, this was founded in 1993 uh, by exclusively African American creative voices. Uh, you had Dwayne McDuffie talked about him last week. You had Dennis Cohen's, you had Michael Davis, and you had Derek T. Dingle. And these uh four got together, along with uh, Christopher Priest originally. He was actually slated to be their editor-in-chief, but he left just before they actually got off the ground due to uh, personal reasons. So he was initially in a little bit of the thought process there. But these guys all came together. Uh, Their hope, their goal was to bring more representation into the comics that they were a part of producing. They'd all been around the comic industry for a number of years at this point. They had saw the lay of the land. They wanted to add to that, further enhance it. Uh, there have been an influx of representation in comics, uh, especially around the 70s and to a lesser extent around the 80s. But by the 90s, it has sort of coalesced. There was still plenty of room to make um, growth in that area. And so that's what the Milestone crew set out to do. So they started with uh, what they called the Dakotaverse. Dakotaverse. Um, and this was their continuity that all the Milestone titles were set in. Um, all these titles branched from this Midwestern city called Dakota. Now, I did all this research. I couldn't find out if it was... Uh, North Dakota or South Dakota. Okay, that was that was a joke. Anyway, um, the Milestone Gang, <laughs> McDuffie and Cohen in particular, uh, they made themselves this Bible of sorts. And it literally was just this book that was chock full of backstory and information, not only on the characters, but also on the geography and the history of Dakota as a city. And it was from this book that all these ideas from these creators came to be. And this starts with the first four titles, uh, also before that have had the most lasting value and have made the most noise in Milestone. This is where that came about. And those four titles to spawn from that uh, were Hardware, Icon, Blood Syndicate, and of course, Static. And so now I'm going to pull up, because this is the fun part here. I'm going to pull up my little, it's like five pages. I'm gonna, I'm you, want me, you want me to do it for you, Kevin? I got it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. I got you here. I appreciate it. Um, and for some people that didn't catch it last week, there was a segment he did with Priest in it. So if you need to go back and see some of that, uh, feel free to pull that up. Here, let's add this because I don't think – can you add the stream? There you go. Uh, appreciate Oh, yeah, I got it. Cool, cool. I had to make sure I saw it. Yeah, hardware. Awesome. Yes, so that's the first one. I want to talk about hardware. Um, hardware, his name 
Curtis Metcalf, and he's a genius who used high-tech um, gadgets, uh, most specifically the super cool advanced armored exoskeleton uh, that he made for that he made himself to fight organized crime. Uh, and the crime he was specifically fighting uh, was his former friend and mentor, Edwin Alva, who had basically put together this evil corporate team uh, codename system. So that that was that was the one, uh, the first one to come out of this. And he was cool. The, the technology he brought, the different renderings of him, this is just one I thought was really dope, but it's kind of grown uh, over the years that they ended up using hardware and expanded. Really dope. The second one was Icon. Now, Icon for me was interesting. Um, he could probably be best described as Milestone's version of Superman, sort of having a similar power set and a similar enough backstory. So in 1839, an alien ship malfunctioned and exploded, and it basically set off a, a life pod that landed in the middle of a cotton field in the American South. And so the pod all automatically altered the appearance of its passenger. The passenger's name was Arnis, into mimicking the first sentient life form who discovered him. Well, that life form happened to be an enslaved black woman named Miriam, and she ended up taking him. She saw the pod crash land, uh, and then she took Arnis and raised him as her own son. And so Obviously, one of his skill sets or one of his powers is not aging. So he basically, over the years, learned more about himself, learned more about his powers, but also ended up, like, impersonating himself, like, you know, being the dad to his kid or whatever to kind of keep him aging along. Finally, when he gets up to the present time of the, the Codiverse, he takes on a sidekick named Rocket, and uh, she's not only just someone that is learning from him, but she takes some of his technology to help fight alongside him. And so that's that story. And in fact... When they do have, and this comes a little later, a crossover between Milestone and DC, you can see Icon and Superman match up against each other. And it's really kind of fun. And also, I think it's an interesting look at a backstory for someone that's going to take that same alien crash land, you know, in, into the States by a different time, a much different situation. And how does that make that character? And so I really enjoyed that. All right, the, the third one, uh, The Blood Syndicate. Uh, love this just straight at you kind of cover. But anyways, um, Blood Syndicate would probably best describe to me by me as like milestones version of the defenders uh from marvel that 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 kind of offshoot loose team of of people coming together under a common goal uh that's essentially what the blood syndicate is it's an incident it was um known as the big bang kind of get into that a little bit but it kind of spawned off this loose group of superpowered beings who all got their powers from that incident now the big bang was essentially a face-off between several gangs and the police. And in this ensuing altercation, the cops used tear gas that they didn't know was laced with what was called quantum juice, which is basically a mutative agent. And so this not only killed many police and gang members, but it also gave several of them who didn't die, as well as innocent bystanders around the area, different enhanced abilities. Uh, this incident was also where a teenager named Virgil Hawkins uh, gained electromagnetic powers from the gas, and thus he became the fourth person here, Static. Static's the most well-known. Uh, I don't even... Uh, he stands out on his own. I used kind of uh, analogies to describe the, the Blood Syndicate and Icon. When he was actually created, McDuffie said he was pulling a lot of Spider-Man from Static, but Static has grown into his own character so much we already know who he is. We know him from yep. the animated show from 2004, but the comics was him being just this really smart, geeky kind of... I mean, Adonis, you can kind of speak to yeah. kind of what he described because he didn't really fit in a certain window but well, he yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. i'll let you get some hmm? he definitely had his own he definitely had his own lane uh static uh for me i got introduced i, I saw static shock 
the uh, the original um, run uh, a long time ago, but I didn't really know what I was looking at. But it definitely caught my attention because I saw a superhero that looked like me, and uh, I, I was just like, oh, that's cool. But I really got a better understanding of who he was from the animated series, in all honesty. Um, the, the theme song in itself, the depth of what they were talking about in the in in the series, what Virgil was was dealing with with his with his family, with him going to and from school, with what he was trying to thwart on the everyday basis. It was it was really impactful because it was familiar, and it was also superheroes. Superheroes were dealing with the same stuff that I see going on when I go out outside of my door and things of that nature. And that was really impactful. And we know that that's so impactful to a lot of the readers and the fans of this series. And the fact that they're bringing Milestone back, I think that that is that's a major, that's a major move. That's a definitely. Major so, yeah. Definitely. No, for sure. So going, I mean, I just want to get your input. I appreciate that. But going back uh, to Milestone Media, they were published through DC Comics. So they had they didn't fall under DC Comics editorial control. So basically, DC had retained only the right to not publish any of the Milestone work that they disagreed with. Honestly, this arrangement sort of worked well. I'll go into a little bit later in terms of what they kind of kind of helped each other with in terms of content and distribution, things of that sort. Uh, but there was one incident in particular that really kind of caused some friction between Milestone and DC. And this was actually caused off the issue of Static Shock number 25, uh, which showed Corbin, Static... I'm sorry. Do you mind if I ask a question first? Yeah. So, so the Blood Syndicate, you said it was like Defenders. So was it like each individual... I'm not as familiar with this whole the whole universe. Was each character there, did they have an individual book too, like Static did? Or was it... It was just Static was the only one who had an individual book. Okay. Thank so you. no, each yeah. one had their individual book. Sorry. Each one I mentioned, so Icon... Um, uh, Blood Syndicate, um, Hardware, they all had their individual titles. So the Blood Syndicate in and of itself was just its own book. It was a team book, but it was just its own book, if that helps. Does that make it, like, okay, cool. Just want to make sure I got that clear. But yeah, each one was its own. But, um, okay, lost my train of thought. My bad, man. All right, so the Static Shock. Uh, issue 25, it showed Static kissing his girlfriend. So on the surface, it wasn't anything too crazy. Now, granted, um, condos are, were, are present in the picture, but they are unopened, right? Anyways, DC had an issue with that cover. They want to run it. Uh, they ended up making their feelings known to Milestone, of course. Milestone then sort of compromised and ended up putting out a, a version of the cover that had it mostly covered up. Um, and Milestone compromised, but they weren't happy with it because, one, they felt the lewdness was pretty minimal. And, two, they felt that DC didn't have a problem with the sexuality presented, as DC said, uh, Milestone felt the DC had a problem with it being black sexuality, which in their mind was hard to argue with. Looking back on it, I could see why, because as Dwayne McDuffie later recalled, uh, the man that DC was uh, too used to express DC's frustration or concern with that cover was actually at the time promoting Legionnaires number 16, which, I mean, there's the cover for that. So they look <laughs> at that one, you compare it to that oh, one. And you're like, no. uh, some's not had yeah. enough, you know, especially when <laughs> that's what you have to deal with. So ultimately, though, all that being put aside, uh, during the duration of Milestone's run, they got a well, long well with DC, which, I mean, McDuffie worked with DC, many of the other creators from Milestone, all side ties of DC. It worked well. DC basically licensed the characters, uh, the editorial services, and the creative content of the Milestone books for an annual fee and for a share of the profits. While Milestone, they retained the copyright of their properties, and they had the final say 
on all the merchandising and licensing deals that pertain to them. So decent partnership worked out really well. And you got a lot of these books out. And Milestone Media, as a result of that, had a pretty good run. Unfortunately, it was also a pretty good short run, uh, 93 to 97. Why? A variety of factors. You had a common market crash. You had a major lack of exposure uh, due to feelings among a large number of both retailers and readers that the Milestone comics were comics for blacks and that they wouldn't interest non-African-American readers. So ultimately, that helped or didn't help, but it contributed to declining sales. And honestly, another big hit to Milestone was just the fact that top creators ended up moving on to other projects uh, toward the back half of their tenure. So as a result, all this led to Milestone shutting down their comics division in 97, like I said, just four short years after starting. Uh, honestly, they had many of the ongoing series that were going on during that time. They just got discontinued mid-story. That was a wrap in the middle of it. Um, in totality, the company published around the vicinity of 250 comics spread across eight monthly series. And that was kind of their legacy in terms of their comics. Fortunately, though, story does have more of a happy ending. Uh, for one, Milestone Media remained. And so what you got from that, of course, was Static Shock. Uh, that went to uh, basically ensure a home for that. It also carried on to his legacy tied into both the DC animated uh, universe, but later on into the actual DC continuity. 2008, Dan DiDio, not even going to say what I usually call him, uh, he announced that the Milestone universe and characters from that would be revived and merged into the DC universe proper. Um, and this new Milestone line was obviously officially revived in Milestone Returns, number zero of this past year. So, you know, Milestone Media as itself, Milestone Comics had a really short chapter, but it was definitely an impactful one. And hopefully with this coming back and the news that we just shared, there's bigger and better chapters ahead. But that's my close. Ooh, to my boy. Another fire, go. fire there presentation. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. Definitely interesting kind of looking back on that. I knew a lot about Milestone Media um, already, like at least at service value, but I didn't realize, one, how hard it was to find so many of the issues. Like looking through that stuff to try to find so, so serious runs is just ridiculously hard. Um, DC Universe Infinite has now grabbed a lot of um, the Milestone run officially of their back archives, which is great. But um, I'm just glad that they're actually keeping this moving on because this was one of the sad kind of chapters in comics especially in the 90s, a lot of craziness happened. But that alone, you had some great ideas. You had some great content creators. Of course, Dwayne McDuffie, unfortunately, is no longer with us. So that's unfortunate to kind of see what his legacy has really spawned off. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have some really interesting stuff ahead. I'm looking forward to it. You know what I find interesting is, like, in, in the 90s, and obviously we were all there, there's a lot of creators now that have come back and are, are, are saying certain things about how influential and how much they've had. And they actually... Some of these same creators are ones that actually ruined the marketplace. And and listening to you over the last two weeks now, like these this group right here, it was unfortunate because those people actually ruined it for it, it seems like. Because this obviously is something that was needed. This is obviously something that works pretty well. If you've read some of the books, which I've read some of the static stuff, and obviously the cartoon show has done pretty good. It's unfortunate that these people had to take a hiatus. This is what I'm calling it. I know one has passed yeah. away. But the 97 to now, it's good to see that it's coming back because there's a lot of guys that are pumping their chest, screaming about how they're creating characters and blocking people on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. And people call them on that. And then you've got some humble guys that have done something like this who really do deserve a leg up. They they made great business decisions, by the way, for the leasing through DC. And, you know, just because of bad luck, they didn't get it. And it's good to see that yeah. maybe, maybe their day is coming back. Yeah. I really do think that's cool, man. I really appreciate this, by the way, too. I mean, it's something that I didn't. I mean, I obviously didn't know all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It was definitely was. I appreciate. It. Thank you. 
Corbin on this topic. Man, right, Corbin, again, dude, fire, fire. Appreciate you got you 80 out. people in the chat, and it's fire like that that you come to t- Tales from the Flip Side from. You're going to get that kind of fire and that kind of enthusiasm from any show across this network. So if you're new here and you haven't subscribed yet, do so. Hit that notification so you know when we go live on any one of our shows. Every night of the week, there's content on this channel for you to watch. Uh, us Saturday night, check out the guys in the Star Wars, you know, Marco and Solo Wookiee over at Tales from the, the Dark Side on Sundays. It, it, you get great knowledge and content across every show here, just like what Corbin dropped on you. Dude, Thank you again, Corbin. What a fantastic, appreciate it. Fantastic segment. You all Chicken. just think that we have Corbin on here to pick on somebody about DC, and it's not true. <laughs> we bring Corbin because he'd be kicking the knowledge. He drops, yeah, he drops the heat for y'all. We we got, we don't. Well, when he talks about good DC stuff, like that's a good DC. <laughs> he would talk about Silver Age on all yeah. down. Like he's talking yeah. about a Lois and Clark show. Like, come on, What's What's hey, Corbin got knowledge, man. I will. Oh, I will thank you. Give, I will back that up all day long. Thank no, you that so was really good. Yeah, he, comes, really he comes with his research Thanks, and dropping heat like that, but he wants to die on the hill of Lois and Clark and not <laughs> the yeah. same as yeah, he just, Superman like, and was, Lois. He gave us like, education. And, like, this is actually a good plan for DC to go through. Like, if they do this, this is like smart. This makes yeah. me have confidence in DC. His instead is saying Snyder's shooting a new TV movie. Like, yeah, nah, dude, I'm good, bro. The hill I'll like, die on is actually the Diamond Forever is the best Batman for me. Okay. But that's all. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. You're going to make me Christmas <laughs> show. The hill he died on has a headstone and it says Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, Whoa. wait till we get all there. Right. What do we got? Oh, you're, being, you're being called out, Corbin. The gauntlet has been thrown down. No way Corbin can do three weeks in a row of good DC. Yeah, oh, he's on two. On. We got one more week. I think he can. I got you. Challenge accepted. Also, you know what's funny? I'm getting all this DC flack when I wore Marvel today. I know. You okay? should. As you, as you should. As you should. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I got you. Okay. Is Moon Knight on that shirt? It is. The real Batman. (laughs) What's up? Wow. You know what? You know. (laughs) Oh, he just just bailed out, man. I was going to say, let's keep this. Let's keep this DC train rolling now that Corbin's lit up and, yeah. and ready to go and talk a little bit of uh, some comics. Talk a little Dark Detective. He just rolls out like that. Roll out. All right. Get the no, future. But... We do have to go through future state. Oh, oh just made him rock out like that. He did. I think he, I think it was an accident. I think he meant to like put himself down. Yeah. yeah he, here he, he, he is. There you go. Oh, oh, <laughs> I had to take a moment. I'm back. <laughs> I was going to say, you're warmed up. You're ready to go. Let's talk some future state. You know, let's and I'm going to kick I'm it off with you and, and let you just keep just keep this ball going in your court and, and talk a little Dark Detective. All right. I mean, listen. Listen, we're not going to take future state Dark Detective right now. First of all, it's been, I think, pretty solid. I wasn't super high about this book. I was definitely all on the next Batman. But Mariko Tamaki's done okay in my opinion on this and in this one you have it it almost was like a tv episode in a way for one of course as the cover suggests you get the meeting between bruce and jace the new batman right it's only for a minute i still thought it was super dope um bruce is trying to solve a murder high tech uh guy was killed he's trying to figure out what happened and so this basically is him um along with uh, his uh, the guy he's with Noah, the, his neighbor Noah, kind of working together to kind of find out what's happening. Why is the magic behind this? Why are they trying? Why did they silence this guy? What's going on? And that is honestly the issue. In the midst of it, 
you do have that kind of crossover between um Bruce and Jason. What I really like about it is like hold on real quickly. So so this is like this right no, keep going, Matt. You keep going. I want to get down to that part. So you see you see Bruce and he's still doing the the fake Batman thing, right? Is that what's going on? But he somehow has got tech now and the old crazy man that's in this. Like, I didn't get that part. Yeah, like old- so I, I'm not a big fan of the Noah guy. Um he he's his conspiracy nut roommate, basically. But like his actions are connected to the story because of like, oh, they're against us. We got to stop this, that sort of thing. But he's not fleshed out any more than that. Now, mind you, I get it. It's not a whole lot of issues to do that with. Right. But all we know about him is that he's integrating the story, but it's not exactly smooth. And it's really just, he's providing what limited tech um, Bruce can use, but because Bruce is Batman, he can make something out of anything. So there is a little bit of like the back to the basics type of Batman situation right now. He's really going back and, fleshing out he doesn't have the tech that he had with him you know as the batman but he's able to kind of piece together certain things now so yes. can i ask you a question two mm-hmm. panels down from this there's the line where he says something like stay home tonight or whatever right here i love that line you yes. do okay good because i was like whatever i don't understand it but fine because like, this is playing to yeah because it's it's like they, you know, he's, more, not, he's not interfering with him right there he's like what are you doing i'm doing this and then he ends with that line and you would have thought the way that it led That's off right. they were going to fight which, in my mind, I'm like, I really don't want that again because we get that trope so many times of the two heroes fighting before they have to work together. In this case, you didn't get any fighting and they're not working together. And I love that he says to stay home tonight. And Bruce is like, yeah, that's what I used to say. Like, I invented that line. <laughs> and so he kind of had that little back and forth, which was fun. I mean, it was cool. Um, Ultimately, they, they meet. They go their separate ways. Uh, the one thing I like about this book is the art. It's excellent. In fact, there's just one, like, spread. Um that has like Bruce kind of looking over the cityscape and you just, it, it almost swallows you up in yeah, terms cool. of, yeah. Yeah. Morris art is amazing. It's vibrant. It's gritty. It's big. It, it takes up the page. I think that the input is a lot that you can focus on, but between the pencils, the ink and the layouts and you have a Belair's color work and how that all comes together. I thought the book was solid. The story eh, it, it's whatever. It was solid enough. I think, like I said, he was trying to solve this mystery. He ends up finding out, of course, the magistrate is into him and that he may have lured him into a trap. Get that cliffhanger. We go to the next book. But ultimately, I really enjoyed reading it. Like, oh, is that what it was? It wasn't into the daughter of the crazy guy. It was that they were actually following. Well, me. no, he was. Yeah, he was leading her. He was leading her because she had many jobs. He suspected a lead. I wouldn't give the whole book away. But yeah, okay. ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Ultimately. Yeah, you, you're on to it. Yeah, exactly. Marco. OK. OK. Well, then I got the point of it. It just isn't that good. My, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I agree. High. It wasn't, it was it wasn't very good. Uh, but you guys are the same ones who like the team. Uh, we're not going to go there. I'll wait. Well, well, we'll go because it's one of our next books, I think. Yeah. What's the next All book right. we got? Uh, we got the Future State T Titans. Thanks. Four to five right. on that one. Oh, yuck. Let's do it, I guess. I actually like it. I know everybody was going after that other cover, and I got two of the other covers, but I saw that original. Go back to that cover. I actually like this cover. Like, I don't, but I'm bad at picking DC covers, man. Just ask me about Teen Titans 13. So, uh, <laughs> variant is just a clean cover man i like this though i do know somebody said something about the second prints and the second prints are pretty cool and i do think there's something like make sure you're getting the second prints on these they're pretty cool uh keep going yeah so like teen titans what'd you think of that you didn't like this apparently i think no. this is easier to understand i'll let y'all say the good first before i come to the bad i want to be super negative on here but let, let's get what y'all like about it and then i'll tell you what why uh, you're wrong well i like that part right there where he goes uh i would have gone with dick's yeah, he took. Who was it that made humor. that joke last week? Patrick? Sorry, yeah, or two weeks ago, Patrick made that joke, and now DC just 
coming in hot with it. Yeah. So, so. yeah. Somebody made the joke in our chat, and then they came out here and instead of uh, if this isn't proof that DC is listening to tales from the flip side, just like you should be. I don't know. What yeah, it's true. So they he said that they're going to make a joke and call him uh, Richard uh, Stroke. But you can figure out that they're not going to call him Richard. Uh, so there you go. But no, I thought it was pretty cool because it actually explained some stuff. They go further down. I know they didn't tell us who Red X was in this, right? But the art was okay. It didn't get that wordy. And like the stuff they had explained, like right here, I was like, well, I have no clue who this Miguel is, right? You like, didn't I got, think it got that wordy? No, look at these last couple pages. No, look, there's like one panel there, right there. He's got three, four words in that. Nothing right there in the back corner panel. It is rare to see a panel on a DC book where there isn't a single word bubble or something to that effect. No, I didn't think it was that bad at all. Look, there's another one. Like, I'm not going to go and point out every time they didn't overfill the page. But like, yeah, you go through and they start telling the story. And so it was a little bit easier to follow. They do do the flashback parts, which explained why they're at this grave. Like it explained some of the Red X story. I thought they did an actually decent job of it. Even when they're fighting here, this could just turn into their usual Batman slash DC Everybody's just going to get fight and get mad at each other and start yelling and pulling up stuff that nobody can understand. Instead, they go and do a flashback where they have all the kids uh, in the Teen Titan Academy here and they're dealing with the uh, dial H, right? The phone. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't quite know what's going on, but you can obviously see that something good isn't going on. Um, they're doing pretty good. If you keep going down here, Matt, and, do you have anything to add to this? Or am I- while we're on this. So it was brought up by Ultra and a few other people that and and corporations that pointed out this picture right here, where they're all sitting there originally playing with the the age the dial. So Red X has to be one of these people that's sitting in this picture right here. Mm. Yeah, and my initial guess is probably going to be is this guy right here, hooded in the background. Yeah. Face covered. There's a guy in the background with his face covered. Because so cool. this book was used pretty much to be the driving factor to get you to read Titans Academy. Mm-hmm. So this is basically the ending to Titans Academy. And now we're going to go all the way back to the beginning to where these events took place in Titans Academy. So this is just that that you know little worm in the water, a chum in the water to get you to want to read their new book. Titans Academy that comes out next month. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's six people at the table, and four of them we know for sure is not Red X. Actually, five. Right. We know that guy isn't. He, we we pretty much know the people there, so it's probably somebody in the background. Yes. Yes. And we know one of them is being dragged off, and we know that the majority of them go. are dead. Huh. Yeah. 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 Right. Shout out, shout out to Ultra for pointing that out and, and picking up on the people who did reveal that and well, i can't remember who he said revealed that I think to, it was to be fair or... it's revealed in the book yeah it does yeah. say because in the book it says that he was there and he's yeah. the one that touched the right team. but right okay Give yeah credit so, credit so, due, but it is i it is, missed it until it was yeah. pointed out by ultra it is in the book that you know one of the people there has to be red x well not just yeah because they say it you, you spoiled right. the end of it which we were gonna get into but that's okay all right so yeah so towards the end let's go uh, there you go. Yeah, watch the Maximus show. I think it's on what day? Wednesday? Yeah, watch Maximus yeah. show. It's on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Okay, so then they go back here, and then they, they did. The now the back and forth now, I thought they actually did a pretty good job of it. So then they kind of explain what's going on there. And if you go further down, then they do give us the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They explain that uh, Shazam is going to try to, well, the, the rest of the Titans who are still here are going to try to trap him into a rock. Um, 
and with that being said, that Shazam is always going to be Shazam at that point, uh, which is kind of cool. Now that rock is Shazam's rock place, correct? That's where his powers reside from. Yes. Yes. So when he goes him in there, or the four horsemen in there, he can't change anymore. Right. He can't change back to Billy, the, the kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, I don't, I have no clue who these, besides Flash, I have no clue who the other people are here. So but that's also, one, also effectively, if I'm understanding it correctly, removing him from the DCU because his now primary function is going to be to be guarding that. Yes. But maybe not. Oh. Well, it's kind of weird because they because of what they did at the end. But yeah, okay. That's why he becomes Shazadam, so he can be in yeah. two places. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. yeah. Go so then you see this going back and forth, and they hit up the Flash stuff again about how he was, you know. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Once again, four not overly wordy, not overly and... anything. But you can, the den, they did the flashback. That's okay. All right, he almost kills him. Yep, now we got the point. They can't let him get close. Very good. So you didn't have to read all the feed-in books just to understand what this one's going on. Uh, more fighting, yeah. Not too wordy, yeah. I didn't get the whole, what What are they saying? I didn't get that portion of it. I think Not him. Not, yeah, when they go in the M-O-R-D word, what, what is that? Mordua? What is this? Mordua? Yeah, I don't get this. No idea. Okay, well, good. Part of the enchantment when when the four horsemen yeah. take something over, like when they're take when he's trying to uh, devour her hope, I believe it is that he's feeding on. Um, it's it just one of the words that the four horsemen say, kind of like she says, you know, met- metrion, zinthos, yeah. all that. It's kind of his word for that. The four horsemen all have one. Wow. Oh, so yeah, and- so DC did screw something up. All right, cool. Keep going. <laughs> wow listen Titans together there you go oh, and I, I like the legs get cut off because that's a throwback to the flash book that's funny and then he can grow his legs back though because he's got the cyborg parts haha we got it uh the thud 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 i don't whatever keep going down i like the the dial-up thing this was actually kind of clever how they actually did the dial-up um if you go down towards the end they figured out that they brought red x because he needs to dial the phone yeah, see, they're all saying different words. I don't get this. Yeah, I just I didn't get this book. That that yeah. I mean, this part I didn't quite get. But then they did this cool thing where they're like they dialed in the old number, and the number obviously spells Titans on it. And then they explained that that Red X while he was in jail figured out because this was it. This is where they gave the reveal that Red X was in that room while I was in there. Miguel had told him the kid that apparently died. Um, which, if you look at the crosses, almost everybody else in that room died too. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that, like, if you dialed it, the people didn't, act, the heroes didn't actually die. You can bring them back in spirit. And there he goes. Yep, yep, yep. Eight, four, six, two, six, eight. Yeah, just in case you couldn't figure out that that was the dial up, though, they had to tell you that it says Titans. And then the Titans come back. Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't quite get what they did here. Maybe this is the time they needed more words or something, but whatever. Um, and then let's show the last bit, Matt. Okay, Shazam saves it. There you go. And this opens up to right here. Don't worry. Yeah, so he's going to stand guard, but he's going to stand guard with Raven. This was confusing too. So is he going to stand guard with Raven now? So Raven takes, she uses, she takes all of them into her and oh. like she's housing them. So and then she's they, they transport her to um, Shazam's rock, to the Rock of Eternity. Uh, to to place them there. That's what the whole that was what her whole like 
goal in this was she was going to use her magic to trap them. But isn't in, she trying to now? Isn't she supposed to like expel them from her into the like, yeah. rock area, right? And then she can right. leave. And then it stops. But this is where it ends. And now but, you're, uh, you've got to read Teen Titans Academy. You, Marco. Maybe that's what you were saying, Marco, because that's the part that confused me. I understand yeah. the plan what they were doing and how they kind of executed in there. I didn't understand at that last panel. I was like, so they're going to leave Raven. Yeah, I think what he's saying, I know he's breaking up, but I think what he's saying is that they were going to take both. Yeah, that's what was confusing. They're going to have two people now playing guard. But if it's only one, fine. So then Academy is going to be the prequel. Is this what we're saying now? So yes, Academy is a pre is a prequel. I think it's going to be a prequel. It's eventually going to meet up to this and then ex- and then go past this. But Academy is supposed to be set in the past to show you the events of you know leading up what to we this. just saw you know you know what it reminds me of hmm. I'm, I'm gonna give it a good purr so rafa sandoval did a great job drawing this uh, especially in both flashbacks and in these fight scenes right alejandro sanchez did the colors it added a lot to the tone especially when you were watching the different palette when it wasn't a flashback where it, you know was different obviously in the main story and throughout what this felt like to me is when you go and you're watching a movie right and let's say you miss the first 10 15 minutes or you fall asleep or whatever. Anyway, you come to the movie about 45 minutes to like an hour late. And now you have all this drama about, you have all this loss, you have all this mm-hmm. going on, but you have no clue what's going on. It's hard for you to be invested in it. It doesn't make any sense to you. That's what this felt like to me. Like, it's like, oh, all of this will be explained in the next one. But like, so what did I read right now? Like, okay, they lost, but why? Like, what is my connection to this? Why am I, I didn't feel anything. I was confused for most of it. It took you guys filling in that, oh, it's from earlier books because I'd missed this previous book. So then it's like, oh, well, now what? You know, so I'm getting the end before I forget the beginning, but I'm not getting the emotional depth that these losses would make sense to me if I had, you know, as I was going along. It's like, oh, they're gone. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to feel more about it in the next book, which was the, what, the, the preceding uh, backup to what I just saw. It's weird. I think that the way they use these flashbacks were disjointing to the story. It has quite a few. They're scattered in a lot of, in, in, a, in a way that it, sheds light on what current events are, but it's also creating just as much confusion because it's almost contradicting stuff that we got or that we, I guess, were apparently uh, received in the last issue. So it, it's weird. I, I, I don't know. They still it, don't want to give you that. They still don't want to give you that red X. Like I'm still going Damien. I don't know. There's still speculation. I know people are still specking heavy on clown hunter, but I, <laughs> That, that the events of that took place seem like a very Damien move. Like he's going to make that power move. He's going to use that H dial. He doesn't care. He's going to show that he deserves to be part of the team and he's going to take over someone else's moniker if he has to in red X and he's going to just do what he's got to do to, to prove that he should be on the Titans and that they need him. And that's exactly what that feels like. And now he's paying and atoning for his, his sins by by having to use the H dial again to release the souls of his his dead brother and, and sisters, but I'd still say Damien. Who knows though? I I don't it's see okay. it being Clown Hunter though. I just this, don't see enough investment still. in Clown Hunter. Okay, this is it. This is all I'm asking. Does the Academy thing, the thing that they're gonna show, it looks pretty good, right? Yes or no? Does what the Academy? The, the Academy? I'm yeah. interested. It's got my interest. All right. But how much of that interest is driven from the story, or how is it just that we want to know who Red X is? Yeah, 
Yeah. We want to know who Red X is so we can start unloading stuff. That's <laughs> that's Weird. what it seems like to me is everyone's interested in it because of they want to the the Red X excite the speculation and excitement. Who knows? Um, Blue Green brought up a good comment earlier. He said, uh, aside from li- likely Red X, Tim Fox, and Yara, what likely comes out of future state long term? I mean, I think they're going to end up taking stuff later. Probably more specifically, I, I, I'm interested in the, in the next Batman. I know they haven't really fleshed him out a lot, but I think there's something there. Um, I like the Justice League story, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I, I don't know. I guess you're right. Like it's it's one of those things I think we don't know right now, but that you know DC is going to be able to say, okay, we have this this grand spectrum of books that we've done, and now we're going to just pull one that you didn't expect. You know what I mean? Like I know for a fact that's going to happen. Obviously, right now what we know we're going to keep moving are the ones that either A, have been announced, or B, have so much momentum that we know they will be. But I think there's something that DC is going to play around with. You know, maybe but all out of, go away. Out of the titles he announced, he had mentioned, oh, other than okay, Harley I'm Quinn thinking, and Swamp Thing, like what else future state wise is being talked about? This, this is a future state. Well, this, but this would be what he's talking about with Red X. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, you don't really hear anybody talking about the Superman stuff that much or the other Wonder Woman stuff not, aside yes. from Yara. Like, there's still so much future state stuff that's coming out that nobody's talking about. And is it, you know, you're like, it's not very good reading through it. Cause some of this future state stuff it has been very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Very hit or miss. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah I mean, the flash but stuff wasn't was this okay. expected. I mean, I don't even think I was saying there's going to be like a complete strong victory, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hey, look. So we're gonna get into this next, anyways, because I know this <laughs> well, is another one of the books. I know this is one of the books that. Oh, we, yeah. Uh, I don't read um, a lot of DC, but it seems like the future state was just kind of a a preemptive buildup for everything that they were going like like a two book test run for all the stuff they're going to run with afterwards. So it was almost like a precursor for all the books that are, that are hit or miss that are going to come later. You know, like well, this, is their, this was the their Titans and they tied it in this way. They're going to keep, you know, Batman and they're tied it in this way. They're going to, you know what I mean? This was that 5g initiative that Dan Didio was all about. Right. That's right. what future state turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone was like, that sounds dumb. And so they were like, all right. And then they rolled it back to two issues for each book instead of, you know, moving forward with the entire relaunch of the DC universe. Cause that's what it was supposed to be. Right. And they rolled it back to, well, this is going to have effects somewhere down the line, but do you really, do you really, are you really invested in this new Batman when you know, Bruce is still out there? I mean, listen, you can, t- I think this is the thing. I think you, I'm not right now, but like I think a lot of that's because of the the weird way the story is with the four issues and the fact that I don't think they've really fleshed out enough of Jace's backstory for me to really care. Like, but I I like the points that I, I have ideas already that they can kind of go off of. I'm sure Nancy probably has some as well. I'm sure, like if you guys have are, you know reading them, you guys go okay, they could go a certain way with it. Have they? Obviously not. But in my mind. I could see another writer with a fresh perspective taking this character and making them something, even though, of course, Bruce is there. So whether that is obviously going to a different hero, whether it's part of the Bat family in a different way, yeah, I agree with Joe. That book, oh my gosh, you're right. But like straight out 1988 or something. But anyway, going back to Batman, I feel like it's just not going to be done in this one. You know what I mean? And maybe they keep a different universe. I'm not sure where they're going with it. 
but I don't think it was like a dead idea. You know, it's just not being utilized well, effectively. Do you, do you really think the interest is there? That's after reading three issues of the this new Batman book and Dark Detective. Do you think the interest is there beyond Terry McGinnis or seeing Tim Drake, Jason I mean, Todd, Dick, or Damien take over the cowl? Is, there's the a lot of DC haters out there, but the real comic fans, like myself, the real comic fans, I think that they they, they see potential. All right, just kidding. Joking aside, I, I I just don't know if the momentum was there, but think about it. Like, it was already knocked well before it got started. There wasn't really a chance for it to honestly build momentum. I mean, it was this was really one of the rallying uh, cries for detractors of DC, of DC 5G to begin with. Then it morphed in a future state, and now we're getting a story that isn't actually doing anything with the character outside of a different look costume and, oh, I'm Batman for reasons unexplained. I mean, even Bruce in, in Dark Detective said, oh, he has my stuff. Like, but nothing further than that. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much character development that isn't there. I get where you're coming from, Matt, in terms of not having momentum. But in my mind, there was a momentum when this started. So I, I think that's the- for me, though, my issue with the new Batman is why why should I be invested in this character? They haven't given us at three issues at nine dollars a piece, might I add. They haven't yeah. given you a reason to be invested in in the in Fox's Batman. They, they haven't well, even told you why he's Batman. You know, there's. I put no that more on the there. writing team than the idea of it, though. Oh, I, I, I agree 100%. On, on, on who's in charge of the writing than who's actually doing it. So in my mind, yeah, like, they can flesh it out. Like, yes, like, there, it's just not going to be this creative team. It's not going to be Ridley. It's not going to be this right now. Maybe it takes a couple months. Maybe this gets put on the back burner for a while and somebody else, a new creative team comes in and brings it back to life. But, it, yeah, I agree with you. There hasn't been character development on a project that already had a lot of indignation from the fan base before it got started. Yeah, yeah, that, I agree. Hey, listen, you know what? If we were go rewind the tape back to a couple of weeks or when we first started talking about this, and I know it's always I'm knocking DC, but I didn't. I said, listen, if you can get 50-50 on this, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? Like, just because it's 50-50. And to be honest with you, maybe it's not quite 50-50, but, like, this stuff that I'm reading, I even the stuff I don't like, somebody honestly, in when we talk about this, like, did you like that book? They're like, yeah, actually, it was good because of this, this, and this. I'm not, you don't have to sell this stuff to me, right? Like, uh, if it's not Constantine, if it's not Dark, uh, you know, Justice League, I'm not buying it anyways. Swamp Thing, yeah, I'll buy it. That's it. So I'm not getting into any of this stuff. But then I read that Flash book was, the second one was good, first one was okay. This Teen Titan stuff is not bad. Like, it's not, so, I mean, if you can revive it, even if you make it the Academy and then you do Titans on the other end, I might, as long as the books aren't $10, I'm not buying them. Yeah, well, I mean, but like, to me, what makes these few what st- the books that stand out in this future state line so far are the ones that have solid character development. Where we've gotten solid character development mixed with that story, those have been the bangers. Like Swamp Thing, that was solid character development and a solid story. Teen Titans, the first issue, it was, it was solid character development. You you know you saw what was going on to this. I just don't feel like it's there. Like it's it's lacking from Dark Detective and it's lacking from the new Batman. But and I, I'll say this with Teen Titans. Like honestly, I am. You asked the question I was thinking about, so now I got the answer. No, it's not just about the reveal for Red X. Uh, the two storylines. If we could tell the backstory or if we could tell the future story, I don't really care that much about the future story. I didn't even understand what was going on. Why there's two people going into the Rock? Because I thought Shazam was just going to have the Rock going on. So no, I wasn't interested in that. So to do the prequel, I'm actually interested in what goes on in the prequel. Not just like that, but like that kid died. Did they take him in another room and, and off Miguel? Like, what 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 the heck's going on? Like, I want to find out what the heck yeah. is going on. 
And if anybody in that room really was him, and if they did something, like, what did they do? Like, I have a bunch of questions that need to be answered. So that portion of it, I'll read. I'm look. I read Moon Knight, bro. Listen, bro, bro. You know, I'm tired of you bringing that damn Moon Knight up. All right, let's talk all Robin right. Eternal, though. I think out of no, all the books this week, this was the most confusing across the board. Nothing to add to this. Yes. Like yes. I look. I mean, it starts off with with him getting up after falling in the the Lazarus Pit serum, and I'm like. They're talking about him being dead, and I'm like, when did he die? Yeah. When did when did Tim Drake die? And I'm Drake. like, <laughs> and I, I even messaged Kyle. I was like, yo, have you read uh, Robin Eternal yet? And he's like, yeah, I am right now. I was like, when did Tim Drake die? And he was like, I don't know, man. And he went back to the first issue. And he's like, oh, it's right here. And it shows him like landing head first. And I was like, I, I completely missed that. I completely missed that he, he died. So, but he, he kind of, you know, in this book, it takes on the the Jason Todd role. He's now we've got two members of the Bat family that have died and been resurrected from the Lazarus Pit, and and now he gets he's super strong. He's going to start taking on everybody by himself. And and hey, Marco, did you himself. know that they cloned Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> he's popping heads like the Crick Crick now. Which I didn't Jeez. get the broken neck thing either. Like. This Lazarus pit is just—I mean, that's 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 why I made the Palpatine. That's the cloning thing, it, yeah. It, it, that's it's just cloning of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm reading that comment too. Patrick <laughs> said, "How are you, tonight, bro?" Famous words spoken to anyone vying for Pokemon cards alongside Marco. Yeah, hey, I mean, like, yeah, I look, look, this—I didn't get it. I had to ask. Look, if you have to read a dissertation just to figure out what's going on in a comic book, you're not doing it right. And this one took a lot of like back reading and back research just to even try to figure out. I don't even know who the one-eyed girl is. I, I what? I don't get it. No. Let... she's a pirate ninja. And, you and know, when did it... Boom Boom show up? When did Boom Boom cross over to DC? Isn't she still a Marvel character or no? Who's that chick? It's just so. That's um. God, I can't think of it. It's spoiler and rumor, isn't it, Corbin? Yeah. But again, so, like I'm not, I, I have, uh, you know, I've been quiet about this book for a reason. I'm not trying to be negative. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not trying to be overly negative. And no, I did like, hey, look, I did like some of the art. I'll give it that. But then I was just gonna say the art's dope. But I do like the art, and even the Lazarus Pit art when he's coming out. I mean, that was that was good art. Like, but at least solo, so you're asking about the words. Look at how many, look at how many word oh, bubbles yeah. are on this page. Like, yeah, compared to Teen Titans. No, yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, the the. The thing that made Teen Titans feel wordy to me was just that they would go three or four without showing any words, and then they'd just pack words in for like two, three panels and just lather Chocolate it. Chocolate content. Yeah. And and so, no, when you look, hey, I don't know. One out of ten, it's a five. But this, I, I love their art. They are killing it with art. They're absolutely stepping up the art game. This oh, is not right. what I was expecting when we first started talking about this Probably. and seeing some of that pre-art. So I'm incredibly happy to see how much they've really stepped up this art. Yeah, I didn't I get this. So like they had to tell so people didn't know that this the the one lady was was deaf ahead of time or is this something new? Is this a new 
because they had um, to do the editor's note. I don't, I'm confused. Yeah, and I know uh, stick boy was kind of asking the same thing. I'm confused. Okay. Well, we can just keep being confused. Yeah. Pirate, uh, I read the hell out of a book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then he makes references. He's like, um, you know, how he feels so strong and you want to know if this is how Jason feels and, and the magistrate rushes them and he's like, I'm going to take them all and all by myself. And all of a sudden, the the Robin I liked for his because he was smart, he was strategic, he was intelligent. He used his smarts. Is now just a a brick shit powerhouse, and he's just gonna wreck everything. Yeah, and do it on uh, his own. Uh, all right, you know. I just yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of Robins. That's also confusing. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I'm need to die. Simple. We already have a Robin, uh, you know, a, a Robin who's emo and full of angst, and that's Jason Todd. I don't know why they need to do another one, but well, yeah, whatever. I don't think this yeah. one's going to be one that survives, right? I think that's the overall. You killed a Robin to bring him back to life. I guess I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What was the end of this one again? I can't even remember. That's how bad this was. Oh wait, there's Two Face. Yeah, Two Face shows up. Right? Yeah, so he like starts like freaking out, and, and he sees Two Face, and. He he starts like battling this like Peter Pan esque <laughs> um, shadow of Batman. And is that Damien? I thought that yeah, I thought that was like a symbol of his madness. To be honest with you, like it's him going and like that's what I got. That was my one yeah. interpretation and, of this. And his first villain that he fought was Two Face as Robin. So like he's he's seeing Two Face and he's having like this moral conundrum with Two Face. And like, then you have him having this debate with Damien in, in like Dick. Offense totally taken. Yeah, Sorry. Damien totally and Dick taken. about being a good Robin and how he's never gonna live up to Batman. He can't live up to to the expectations, and he can't save the city on his own. So it seems like they just keep driving him further into madness. And they just keep fighting on, and then you have rumor and spoiler hacking into stuff, and and it just I don't this whole book threw me for a loop. Like I don't know where they're going with it. I don't know what the purpose of it was. Like I don't understand him having that debate and fighting the the Batman shadow. Okay, so he's losing his mind because of the Lazarus Pit. But that makes yeah. sense. But just the way it was yeah. rendered in this. Like- don't they it, it does didn't Roz usually like lose his mind and it took him a little bit to come back after after getting out okay yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, no, I got to lose yes. his mind for the, the I Lazarus just didn't think bit, I don't think we should be as confused as he is like yeah. like <laughs> like that's all I mean like I didn't go through the last episode. he did so ultimately but no exactly I get you and like everyone said listen y'all DC talk listen if I'm talking DC you, you guys it's, it's kind of my mo but also there's a lot of feature state books kind of kind of the DC is kind of the way the the bread was buttered this week yeah this was just one where I think people were expecting something different we we're trying not to cover the real terrible ones so. Good luck with that. If you want us to cover the bad ones that everybody completely says this is ridiculous. But this is one where we thought there was a little bit of hope for, but obviously it looks well, like especially after the first issue, there was a ton yeah. of hope. Like, ton of I hope. thought the first issue was really, really good. And I understand like he's he's descending into madness through all this and they're trying to get him out, but like just like we, we'll cut forward to the end of it because I know people are sick of hearing a DC, but like oh yeah, so then he jumps falls, out the window. Yeah, he falls out the window and lands in the water. And they think he's dead, and you see his hand, and never yeah. the end. Wait, so, are we going to get an ongoing Robin Eternal book? Like, 
I just there's I hope so not. much. I, I don't know. There's just so much here left. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I wouldn't read it. Yep. So no. So we shouldn't. Apparently. Yeah. I don't no, know. I mean, I, don't... I mean, I'm not saying I'm the end all be all, but like, what, did did you go away from like, oh my god, what happened? Like, you went back from like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Ultimately, it's the same. Like I said, you get some good weeks, you get some bad weeks, and this week was a weird week. So yeah, yeah I thought they were gonna kill him, and I'd be like, okay, I can accept that. Then I guess I literally got to the end of this book, flipped back to the front page again, and was like, okay, yeah, what? All right, and, and set it down and moved on, and I moved on to a much better book, an X four seventeen. Yeah, so what I'm doing too is I'm going every week. I go out to the local comic stores. A lot of people know I spend a little time there, and every week I ask people what they're reading. And by the way, a lot of these future state books are coming up. Some of them we pass on, some of them we don't. This book, there's two books that uh, got hit up from the X thing. Of course, Marauders, everybody talks about, but they were also talking about this book. And it's Quentin Choir. It's very Quentin Choir eccentric book. Like it's all about him pretty much, and not a character that. You know, I mean, it's a character you like. It's an Omega-level mutant, right? It's something kind of interesting. He's a little quirky. He's never really found his space in the Marvel Universe, I'd say. You know, they've done a lot of different stuff with him. He was on, like, the Wolverine and, and Friends or whatever book for a while. What was it? Whatever that Wolverine one. and Friends. What was it called where he had all the kids running around or whatever? You know, they put him through a bunch. Well, now he's dating. I don't care what it's called anymore. The Wolverine <laughs> and Friends is the new title. Somebody's going to hit Somebody's gonna hit me up with what it was actually called. Wolverine Badger and, and Company. No, I, I can't remember what it was called. It was actually not terrible book. They had a lot of like new mutants kind of in there, but then it went south. Like they fought a clown uh, circus or something of whatever, the Hellion Club. Either way, so uh, what's going on pretty much is he has got a girlfriend and it's one of the cuckoos or whatever, one of the crazies, um, the tw- triplets. And they start going through it and they go background and they're like, oh, he can die. They explain that he can, you know, he's been dying a lot. Um, and they keep bringing them back and bringing them back. Uh, he, yeah, he does. And they show all this cool killing of him, like the bear and the acid pool and samurai sword through the back, which I think uh, some people find him annoying. So I think they like this, like just gratuitous violence, killing him off and everything like that. Right. Like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Keep going, Matt. I think that's a cool shot right there of the, the sword through the, the back of the head. Wolverine Friendship with Magic. No, it's not called Wolverine Friendship <laughs> with Magic. Uh, they shoot getting shot. Wolverine's still alive. Domino's getting missed. The cho- this one was creepy where he's like got the he got sent like uh, something. Yeah. yeah, he got poisoned because of the flowers. They shoot him off the plane. They hang him over. This is kind of cool like how he was talking about it. And then you see like the half face of him getting eaten by the crabs. And then he's like, today's cool. a new day though. He's not going to die today. He's dying no more. And, he, and then they get in there. He's doing the little fly through. He's on the ship that was supposed to be called for him because like somebody had said that the island killed all these people and he's there to investigate. He doesn't need Wolverine. He doesn't need Domino. He's going to do this all by himself. He doesn't need the rest of X-Force because that's what they've become, kind of like detective saviors and making sure stuff's not going wrong with the island. The he's pool- Kid Omega. Why doesn't he back up? Yeah, he is Kid Omega, right? Like he's Omega power level, level power mm-hmm. mutant and, and he shouldn't actually need it. He gets the little like sight guns going, which were kind of cool. I like that. It was pretty good. His shorts are interesting, um, but whatever. So he goes through to try to figure out what happened to these people because he knows that it's not mutants that killed them. So he thinks, and then he finds uh, this girl, and it turns out that he dies again. I don't quite know how he dies again there, but that's kind of cool. Then they give the background story of everything else. Comes back to life, and here's his girlfriend after the pod comes out. Oh, so he did actually die. 
She gives him the sweetheart. You look great. You just got to do this a little bit more. Put the glasses on you. I'll give you back your memories of how me and you are boyfriend and girlfriend. Kind of cool. They did a little Omega there on the snowman. Keep going down. Very efficient for, for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, it is. What love a, story. What a Very sweet, good. What a what sweet, sweet love story. She gives him back yeah. his memory of them getting together. Then he decides that he's going to change around himself a little bit now. And I think the big key here, and people may have missed out on this, is that this is a first appearance, and this is a first appearance of Mad If You'll Go, further down. Uh, yeah, this is after the resurrection report. We get a first appearance of, yeah, he keeps going through this. This is actually pretty good where they go through the. Yeah, he's like reading their mind and you think, oh, this dude was attacked by Wolverine, but it couldn't be Wolverine <laughs> because he's somewhere else. And the, the claws are. Claws marks were off. Really spaced mm-hmm. and yeah. They said her eyes were shoved. You know, she got her eyes shoved in my Colossus, but that couldn't be. Yeah. They, they go through all that. So they kind of see, you know, all the, he's he's reading their minds to see how they, they died or they were injured. Yeah, and injured and back and forth. And then they go through that. It can't be this. And then that she jumped into the back of the head of the old man. A little bit more kissy, kissy. A little more. That's such a there. cool picture. That is kind of. Cool. It's pretty nice, well actually. Done. Yeah, they're ripping the lip. I like the lip bite. That's kinky. Eh, then he stabs himself in the eye <laughs> with a key because he's trying to unlock it. Not very That's metaphorical. That's a sweet panel right here. Yeah, they got some, they had some. They really. I mean, like if DC's doing good art, and this is like this is chess, and that's checkers. Um, the pop fizzles. He gets missed by. So he actually isn't dying here because there's a lot of opportunity. Okay. Uh, then they decide that, yes, this guy, for those that don't know, is like the um, style mm-hmm. expert of the mutant yeah, world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so he's going to help out. He died in a comic. <clears throat> he's going to help out. They're going to give him the whole new look. And we get a first appearance of a bunch of different costumes. 51st dates, yes. Uh, I was thinking Marvel mutant nope. This is kind of funny right here, though. On the third panel, you know, they did, they're did. mocking a lot of stuff. We got Clown Killer here on the left. Uh, we got a whatever's in the middle, which and that uh, they even made like references to Rob on both those two, especially the pouches one and the other crotch issue that they're having in the middle. Anyways, uh, too much PP if you go further down, Matt. Uh, there we <laughs> go. We get the yawning. Yep, the skits get too many Wolverines. It's funny. Oh, I really got it for you. And then they give him his new look. So this is Omega's new look here at the end of the thing. I don't know, man. Maybe you can get an extra dollar for that's this. That's a dope outfit. I it do is. It really is. Like that. They actually. That's actually really cool. I did. It really did is. That. But that's first appearance of Omega uh, in his new outfit. There you go. And then this one gets possessed, and then they're gonna go back into the storyline, the peacock hand and everything, which is really weird. Um, but hey, it looks like it's going good. It's very popular. I'll tell you that the title seems to be popular among X book readers. No, are any of you still reading Hickman's X Men? Because I, no. I fell off on it. I, I'm reading New Mutants right now. I think it's it's kind of fun. Um, I might start picking this back up. I, I remember the Peacock Man from like the early stuff, like the early Hickman after House and Powers, and I just don't remember. Like I don't know if he's done anything else. That's kind of my that was kind of my fault off point. Yeah, no, like it is it, the problem is there's just too many titles, and then Hickman jumped off a lot of the titles, right? So he'd start some of the titles and then he'd jump off of it. So I finished the last arc of Marauders and then stopped there and then went back to some other stuff and uh, and then picked up New Mutants after he kind of dropped off of that arc. And then, you know what I mean? So I think I'm picking him, choosing the battles. There's so many copies of this stuff, though. Like, I'm just waiting. Like, when it hits the dollar bins, then I'm going to go through and wipe, you know, wipe out sections like that and get back to reading a lot more. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
it's the delayed return for you. That's a, that's mm -hmm. a smart play, actually, because you yeah, there are a lot of copies. Mm -hmm. and, and just like you said, Marco, there it got to a point where there were so many and so many crossovers. I was just like, I I, I can't do it, man. I can't keep up. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna touch on uh, yeah. Team NT. 14. John says it too. Like this, this book is being like that series is being obviously Marauders is getting talked a lot too. But that X4 series is really getting a lot of talk. So maybe that's one people want to pick up and start reading. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. TNT. Team NT. One fourteen. We we uh, talked a couple weeks ago about getting the face off of the century between Toka and Razor and Bebop and Rocksteady, and that's gonna happen in the next issue. This kind of sets that up. Um. It, I mean, the most important thing of this one is it's it's kind of like Raphael and Jenica are going back and forth about murder and how, like, she has a chance to murder the person who basically killed her and force Leonardo to give her a blood transfusion, turning into a turtle. And she has a conversation with Raphael about how, or sorry, a conversation with Donatello about Bebop and Roxette beating the life out of him back into issue. What is she was at, Chad? Like 50 something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she first starts showing up, yeah. Yeah, it's talking about Bebop and Rock City beating him to death, essentially, and then bringing him back. Um, this is all that right there where she's like contemplating killing her and, and going back and forth, and Raphael kind of stops her, and, and her and Raphael go back and forth a little bit to where they start throwing punches at each other. And... Their whole thing is that they've been warned that that Toka and Razor have been released or unleashed in the city, and so they're all agreeing to gear up to go fight Toka and Razor and stop him. And uh, you got the little future Lita from there with the past Lita. Her whole role hasn't really been revealed yet, but she's got a scepter that looks very like it's out of Turtles, the movie three. And this this book has a lot of similarities to uh, Turtles two: Secret of the Use. In it, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady are, are hunting their, uh, the helicopter crash that Toka and Razor were on. They're hunting for Toka and Razor right now. And this is a conversation I was talking about before where, you know, notice how Donatello kind of has that metal-esque shell now mm -hmm. almost because he got his shell smashed in by Bebop and Rocksteady. And uh, the, basically that's where that conversation is. The big part, part about this book is they see Toka and Razor here and they go after him and they think that because Raphael has a red headband that that's their mother and Michelangelo has a donut in his pocket so he gets the whole you know pre-fight donut thing from Secret of the Ooze if you remember that and he gives him the donut he snatches Raphael's headband he's like hey give it back he tries to take it back he, you know he gets mad and then the, the fight starts and they token Razor just start demolishing the turtles and sending them all flying and they're getting ready to, to finish them off. And then you get the big reveal that next issue is the Toka, the Toka on Razor versus Bebop and Rocksteady fight. So this issue was cool for me as an, as a, a turtles two fan and just the nostalgic and how they brought these characters into the main continuity in the IDW stuff, but also kept it where, you know, they had elements from that movie for their introduction for meeting the turtles. And I thought that was pretty Pretty dope. So, so yeah, that's, that's it's good the way they're carrying it and doing it. I, I'm a little disappointed at how long they're dragging it out. I, I wish they'd just kind of. I, I understand why they're doing it. I just kind of wish they'd jump to the meat and taters of the fight and, and <laughs> get it. 
You know what I mean? Like, come on, let's get it on. Ding, ding. But, but I get it. And at least they're taters. Taters. I'm kind of a meat and taters when it comes to a good fight story. So, but you know, it, it's good. And it's, I mean, it's turtles. I like turtles. Yep. We know that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the other big comic that came out this week was. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. If you're an old school OG Power Rangers fan, you know there's a new Green Ranger. And uh, the big thing was pretty much the reveal of the new identity of the new Green Ranger. Um, this was a, a good book for me as an OG Power Rangers fan. Just kind of seeing them get beat down by Lord Zed and uh, taken, out, taken out of the fight to be, reveal that there's a new Green Ranger. And spoiler alert, I'll drop it for you. I don't care. That's what we do here. Who is it? It's the boyfriend or something of something. Somebody tried to explain this to me. I never watched Power Rangers, so I didn't get what was going on. I don't know who wow. this character is. Like I've never. I mean, he was not in the original, but his name is Matthew Cook. At least I don't sp- remember him. Is so. he supposed to be the boyfriend of somebody? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe, but that's it. You got him. There it is. New Green Ranger. Spec heavy on that, I guess. Um, we'll see. Matthew Cook. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Green Ranger is always like the most popular Ranger. So between him and the White, so it'll be, be the black. Well, him and the White Ranger. Yeah, yeah. Always. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But what about anything Star Wars related come out this week that people should check out, Marco? Vader came out. We did a review. Feel free to watch that. That's on the channel. Uh, there's a Vader ends up riding a one-eyed squid, which is interesting, and he finds Exegol. So it's setting up. That's seemed like a setup. Look, book or week for a lot of books like for future state for vader for you know uh what else uh for the tmnt book so of course they set it up there too for next week because he's going to go and breach exegol it looks like and maybe find out the um acolytes uh some more about the acolytes so we'll see what they did we will see what goes on there could be a massive brawl coming could be Straight to the meat and taters boys another yeah. brawl what do we have? Ne- do we have our? Is our next thing the five? It is the five times. Yeah, let's. See. We can get into it. We can get into our our big segment of the night. Our uh, top five favorite comic book writers, and <laughs> why we. <laughs> We're not going to repeat that one. We'll just put it up on the screen for everybody to read. Good one, Patrick. That was very good. Good job. <laughs> that is pretty good. I don't know where Corbin went. Corbin bailed right as we were getting ready to do this, but. Top five favorite comic book writers and the uh, story arcs and or pretty much what got us into them and runs, why we like these writers. Yeah, runs that got us into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of it kind of went off the rails because then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I love this guy and I love these ra- this and that. We tried to go a little bit overboard so we didn't all have the same two, but uh, it was kind of awesome because when it came down with our list, we really didn't have a lot of the same. Um, no, and surprise. Think- we had Go a ahead. lot of the same like writers and authors and everything that went into it, but a lot of us liked different arcs or different stories from the same authors, which I thought was kind of neat, kind of cool. Huh. Well, uh, I don't know. I didn't. I, I didn't get to see everybody's list, but I hope everybody didn't have the same as mine. I don't. It's kind of weird how we went through it too, because when you had to think about, it, there's so many people you liked or so many one arcs, but then like, I was like, was well, hard. do I like this guy more? Like to get to down to five, I had to say like, well, this is where I got introduced to him this is like a mini or an arc or something that goes on like that. And, uh, or am I starting it off? Matt, is it, is that what we're doing? Uh, you can start it or we can have solo. Wookie. I'll let you two rock, paper, scissors for that. 
It's whatever you want to do. Solo, do you want to start off? Mm -hmm. or you want me to? Sure, I'll give it a shot. I got okay. some. Uh, I'm going to give some uh, technological try here with my, the world of. Let's see how bad I can mess this up. We'll see. This should go good. I practiced. All right, so this is uh, my number five. And I honestly had a little trouble putting this as number five because it's one that I really enjoy. I really enjoy all these books. I don't know that it's necessarily like best to worst or worst to best as far or least to most or, or however you want to phrase it. I don't know that any of these are in any order other than that's just kind of how I laid them down. So I'll just start saying that this, this series is really, in my opinion, underread, under talked about, underappreciated. And, and I get a lot of people really thought it was average or didn't like it. This one really stuck out to me and, and got helped get me molded into comics and reading them, especially because I really like a small arc series, like four books or 10 books, or I like to collect runs like that because it's easy. It's easy to collect them. Um, you can, it, it, they are obtainable. These books are hard to find in high grade. They're uh, square bound and they're almost like mini trade paperbacks, but I really enjoyed the storyline. Havoc and Wolverine kind of go out on their own down into Mexico, hunting a, Russian assassin operative type of person. Um, originally published in 88. Uh, author was Walt Simmons and Luis Simmons. Simons? Simons. I totally mispronounced that. And uh, artist was uh, Kent Williams and John J. Muth. Muth? Muth. I think it's Muth. And um, again, it's not one you hear a lot about, but I really so, enjoyed it. So this is this had to deal with like uh, like uh, radiation, right, in Russia and stuff like that. That, yeah. that was part of it. And then like I, the only thing I do know about this is like the art had always. They, whenever anybody talks about it, they don't talk so much about the storyline. They just talk about how amazing the art is throughout these things. And I think they were kind of like TPVs, but yeah, yeah that's the, a good pick. The the art in it is really um, yeah, it's really there you go detailed and, and it's really sloppy undetailed which is really hard to explain but that once you see it you're like i get what he means it, it's it's it gives it that real chaos feeling when you're looking at it which is one of the things that acts accentuates the wording of it and mm. at the same time helps tell that story it just i i love the series cool what'd you get next all right, number four is Mouse. And there's actually three of them. This is the first and second. This is uh, originally came out in, in, and was published from 80 to 91. I think they did do another run after 91. Don't quote me on that. Uh, novel and art was done by Art Spiegelman. Sp I think that's right. Spiegelman. Spiegelman. Yes. It's the only graphic novel to ever win the Pulitzer Prize. In 1992, it won it. This, these books are, um, they're breathtaking. If if you can read these and not come away and say how breathtaking this is, I I I don't I don't know. 
I, I loved everything about these. The way that he chooses to tell the story, the way he designed the story. Well, the, the story's idea. about the, the is the story. The story's about the artist's father, right? This is how he Correct. talked to his dad. So he's the smaller mouse talking to his Correct. dad, who went through Auschwitz. So right, and and he is actually a um, comic strip artist yeah, for like that's a newspaper. How was, they're doing strips, and, yeah. and that's how he ended up coming up with the idea because he wanted to talk to his father about his his experience and time through world war two and, and his plight. And he didn't want to just come out with a very bad, harsh story. And he was really looking for a new angle. So he added his comic book, you know, his comic strip, I should say, um, art to it. And, and he changed, you know, and made it cat and mouse and, and oh my God, the story's amazing. He he does a very good job of telling the difference between um, past and present. And it, oh, it, it's just a good story. I will always highly recommend this. Okay. Cool, cool. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. It's the only one to ever win a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number three. I, I, I got to throw back to the original. Just the first... I mean, the first 250, I, I mean, they're all good. Don't get me wrong. But the original creation was Stanley and Jack Kirby. And the way that, you know, Kirby, his drawings created the characters with what Stan Lee was describing and, and, and the way that they worked together. And I, and I get that it doesn't read like today's books. That's part of the reason that I like the original early Avengers you know, stories is because they were, they're written very different. They're written very, I mean, it's Stan Lee folks. We, everybody has a series that Stan wrote that you're like, Oh, that's a Stan book. And, and when you get Stan and Kirby together, I mean, that's, that's a no brainer. It's a home run. You get creativity, you get art, you get storyline, you get um, new heroes, new anti-heroes, new villains. It's just, and, and to, Correct me if I'm wrong, but Avengers was, if not the, it was uh, one of the first two team-ups of all the teams that came together. So to get a book where you got all these heroes and they brought them all into one book, I, that's just magic in my eyes. Uh, that's just, and, and ah, I just love it. What what else is there to say? Excited. This is, I had a really hard time picking my Alan Moore books. <laughs> I, I, everybody has an Alan Moore book or series or graphic novel or, and I have several. Um, I, I like Alan Moore's writing. Um, I, I like the art in V for Vendetta. Um, David Lloyd, uh, Tony Ware. Again, an old style book. Most of my books are, are 80s books because that's when I really, you know, was younger and started really grasping into the, the comic, you know, the comic books and, and the graphic novels. And V for Vendetta is just a, a true, um, I, I don't, a true revolutionary book. And, and I mean that in every tense and purpose. The book is about a revolution. The book is about 
uh, it's just so good. Who hasn't read it? I mean, <laughs> raise your hand if you haven't read it. Anyone? No, because everybody's read it. It's just a good book. It's and it and it's referenced once a year. True that. Um, C plus so, movie though. I, I enjoy the movie. <laughs> okay. Number one. I had to. I had to do a Kevin Scott. Kevin Scott's an incredible writer, and, and when I think Kevin Scott, even he's doing a lot of great new stuff right now. I, I totally agree, a hundred percent, with High Republic and everything. I love the the Vader's Castle, Return to Vader's Castle, um, Shadow of Vader's Castle, uh, Vader's Castle. You know, Star Wars Adventures, Vader's Castle. They're they're just iconic. He brings. I feel like there's there is a a inherent like when you see the easy thing that just makes sense, it's so easy that it's right in front of your face, so you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like horror and Darth Vader and Star Wars, uh, nobody ever saw that connection until Kevin Scott said, "Hey, you know what? Every Halloween, I'd like to do a Vader's Castle kind of horror story," and it just it works. Because it's it's so easy, it just makes sense. The world's greatest villain, um, the most popular, most famous villain, and, and just writes it well. And the story is good. It it is just it'll. If you read the first one, you'll go buy them all because you will not. You'll you just get tied in. You're like I got I got to read more. It just reads that well. It looks and presents that well. All the artists knock it out of the park the cover art is insatiable there's variants up the wazoo and they're all good there i I can't say that there's not one i don't really like um and i think this is another one of marco's very good favorites yeah i do i like i like i mean kevin scott like these reminded me of a lot of different things like the the vader castle i don't know if he said it because i had a uh, real quickly, but like it was that whole uh, Halloween House of Horror thing that he was doing. It's interesting how he plays with certain characters. Uh, you know, you. I just, I really did like it, and it's good to see that 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 series is starting to pick up. I mean, I hope it's people reading it. I know we've been pounding the table for this series before, so I really do hope that it's people reading it. And yeah, I absolutely. This was, I had said to uh, this was one where I was like, hey, I was thinking about putting him on my list, and so I said he's. I was like, I don't want to have duplicates, so I didn't put him on my list, but. Um, obviously one of my favorite writers, um, especially with Star Wars stuff. He does one of the better jobs. I mean, you got him, Aaron, and and obviously um, Kevin Scott, Aaron, and what's his name? The one that wrote the novel. Anyways, go so ahead. Good. Yeah. I can't remember the name. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I was thinking, I'm thinking about my list. Said. I'm thinking about my list right now. Soul, sorry. I'm thinking about my list right now, what I have on it. All right. Let's go, uh, Corbin. Good job, Solo. We're going to hit up Corbin All now. Right. Hey, I just thought about my list, and then you... Okay, go ahead. Right, go ahead. Marco, you're you're going to go last <laughs> now. You're so worried about Marco, you're going to go last. Oh, great. All right. All right. What? Who, me? Oh, no, okay. Corbin. Uh, so you're I got going the Punisher now. run. 2001-2003, uh, Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon. Uh, it was really entertaining. They kept it really kind of, you know, bare bones to the roots. You know who the Punisher is. You know motivations. And now you get these stories. And it was... Uh, Dylan's art was just tremendous. It was like understated yet graphic, and I like where you get the balance of, you know, yeah, it's some gore, but it's not like all over the place, just messy. It's it was a clean style. 
Um, Garth Ennis, I mean, what 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 more is there to say that hasn't been said already about his writing across other stuff? I'll leave that to Marco. But what I liked about his writing for The Punisher, it was dry. It was funny. There was two scenes that I enjoyed the most out of it. And one was, it's like close up on The Punisher's head as he's giving an inner monologue. And he's like, um, it's one where he's like taking out these impersonators of him. He's like, the last thing I need is somebody who thinks that they, um, somebody taking out crime, some vigilante unchecked taking out people on my turf or basically describing himself but like through like just total straight face like you know last thing i need is people taking out these guys here um acting like they are the judge jury and executioner and it's like okay well that's funny like thanks you know um another one he had is a story i remember is um was about this i should remember the name of the title but anyway it was this guy um he was a mobster obsessed with this like ancient like deep sea fish thing right and he um was telling it was starts off with him at this like kind of bar with his friends or not this bar it's like a part this house and they're talking his boss mob friends are like yo you looking for this thing you're never gonna find it's like, yeah i am it's gonna happen i know it's there. i've done my research like you know i do this during the day and during the night i'm all about my business trying to find this fish right uh and then all of a sudden the puncher uh, he goes off to use the restroom the puncher happens to break and start killing them and they're like Yo, he's in there, like, like the punch is here. Come on, help us! And he's like, "Oh shit, I ain't doing that. My fault." He's like, "I'm not doing that." So he goes out through the back and and leaves them, and they all get killed, right? Anyway, he's haunted by these by like visions of seeing them. However, they were killed. So there's one guy that has no head because a hundred of the puncher decapitated him. There's another with no eye, and they're like, "Dude, you did this. You left us hanging, and you're still gonna look for this fish?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna find this fish." And like, "Well, we're not gonna stop haunting you until you take down the puncher." He's like, "Fine, okay, I'll do it." And so he sets up this tremendous trap. And he injures the Punisher, and he's about to kill him. And he literally says to him, like, listen, I didn't want to do this, but these friends of mine, they wouldn't let me go. You killed them all now. They won't leave me alone. Because of that, I have to kill you. And the Punisher's, like, looking past him. They're, like, over this, like, harbor. He's like, why aren't you looking at me? Like, look at me. And the Punisher's looking at this creature that is behind him, the same creature the guy's been looking for for the last issue. And he's like, look at me. Like, whatever. And he's about to kill the Punisher, and the creature grabs him up and takes him down into the water and so he comes to and he's dead now you know the creature killed him and so he's there at the very bottom with these guys he's like well listen i told you guys the creature existed and they're like um you idiot like you could have killed the punisher you didn't now our souls will never rest and now you're down here with us like are you happy now and he's like yeah i guess i am and that was like the story and it was just this weird like wacky story involving puncher it was good i loved it it was pretty clean i didn't like some of the crossovers he did with um um spider-man and wolverine but like that was just like a sample of some of his writing. I highly recommend it. It's all on Marvel Unlimited if you wanted to get that, or if you'd rather just go, you know, get the books in the wild, you can do that as well. Uh, it's collecting omnibuses as well. But Garth and his Punisher run, him and, and Dylan made a perfect combo. I've read them individually, and it's just not quite the same. And rest in peace to Dylan, but great, great team up for them. All right, number four, Denny O'Neill. I mean, again, I went with the classics. What about Denny O'Neill? You know, hasn't been said already. One of the greats. The work that he's done, especially in the 70s uh, across Batman and other heroes, is just is legendary. Um, I picked one book in particular, though, and that was the storyline Batman Venom. And Batman Venom was, it starts off with Batman being unable to save this little girl. Um, and it's really crazy how it starts, because I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, the girl's trapped. Um, her father had, um, or her father had left her alone, and she was trapped in this canal filling up with water, and she was going to drown. And so Batman's trying to help her, and he has to lift this rock up. And he actually, like, jacks up his shoulder trying to do it but ultimately thank you thank you mr collector ultimately he couldn't do it and the girl drowns and i was like oh damn and 
like it immediately swoops you up in that way. Batman ends up going, um, doing a bus, and he finds or he's approached by this guy that said, "Hey, you know, the the father of this daughter is making this drug called Venom, which will give you strength, but will make you nuts." And, um. Batman's like, well, listen, you know, I'm not into that. And then he basically says, well, you know, he could have saved my daughter. And he thinks about this. This death of this girl's haunted Batman so much that he does something that he normally wouldn't do, which is give in and take this venom. And, of course, he has enhanced strength. He's taken down bust, but he realized this isn't right. This isn't natural. And this is something that Batman's come into this type of play as a just mortal guy in multiple comics and TV shows where it's like, hey, like I can achieve this power by other means, but, like, the Lazarus Pit, this isn't right. And so, ultimately, he goes in this cave, he locks himself up, goes like cold turkey for like a month, and he comes out on this is iconic he, image. I didn't link it here where he's just covered in a beard and his costume's ragged through and everything. But he's huh? You what? kind of froze there, but you go ahead. Oh my bad. Didn't even know that. Sorry. Wi Fi y'all. Anyway, um there's like great image where he locked himself in to try to wean himself off this drug and he ultimately takes it down and the people with it. But of course, Venom has longer lasting ramifications because it later comes into play with Bane and the Nightfall run and everything there. But I think Batman Venom really pushed the limits of Batman physically and also what that meant mentally and how the fear of failure when other people's lives pushed him to take paths that he would normally take. A really good deep dive, introspective look into Batman and into something that would obviously become a bigger part of Batman lore in the drug Venom. All right, number three, Brian Augustine. This is my guy. Uh, had a pleasure meeting him at a Comic-Con, working with him. Uh, hey, podcast. that's a mean part that bro's got right there. That part is <laughs> yeah, straight. He, and the dude is the dude is really dope. Um, really cool. Like I said, I had the pleasure of meeting him and working with him, and he, he's he's someone that, you know, he's, he's a really cool guy. A lot of hands in a lot of classic uh, comic history, DC stuff specifically. Uh, in particular, just one of the shining gems in, in comic book history ever. It really kicked off Elseworlds. I can't tell you enough about this amazing book, Gotham by Gaslight. Team up between Brian Augustine, Mike Mignola. It's amazing. It sets Batman in uh, just... It, it, oh my gosh, I'm trying to cool it together. Batman vs. Jack the Ripper. What more do I have to say? This is a Batman that is in the steampunk era. Um, it shows that the idea, the concept of the Dark Knight transcends time. That you can have this, you know, in steampunk era, you could have this in modern tech and that Batman will live on, use the resources available to him to fight justice and prowl the night. And honestly, like this book is so simple, but it is so just powerful. And it really kicked off elsewhere. You have that book to think about. You knew it was coming, Patrick. You knew it was coming. All right. Honestly, my one regret is I couldn't make it higher. Like I could, but I wanted to keep some validity to my name. But this book right right here. I'll never repeat it. Let's hear. I do enjoy this book. <laughs> Thank you so much. It, it is. It is kind of like a Batman, Sherlock Holmes, Victorian, yes. Jack the Ripper. It's, it's a little it's, bit of a mystery too. It's actually a really cool book. Yep. Short story. The sequel's okay too. Wasn't as good as the original, my own estimation, but really enjoyed it. The movie that DC um, made from it, the animated movie, I actually didn't like it a lot, but they put in another twist that actually only further enhances it. And I've talked to Brian about it, and he actually says that he wishes he had adopted some of what they did there. But that was really cool. little fun fact. The first um, idea they had before they kicked off Gotham by Gaslight was what if Superman had landed in Russia? And obviously we know what happened later with Mark Millar and Superman Red Sun some 16 years later. But I thought that was really funny. Um, and they decided, nope, instead of going Superman, going to Russia, we'll start with Batman in, you know, England and see how that goes and, and, and what happens there. And that was just really dope. Uh, this book is really cool. And like I said, it's not even just about the story itself, which is great, but it's what kicks off that Elseworlds premise and gives us other great books like my number two. 
which is helmed by Mark Wade. And who is that handsome guy next to him? I mean, Wade is okay, but geez, Louise, man. So I had to take a moment there. Look at that. Just look at that. Okay. Anyways, uh, Mark Wade again. <laughs> work on the Flash. What I'm here for? Kingdom Come. Him and Alex Ross teamed up for this four-part miniseries, 1996. Like this book was great. Um, and it was reimagining the end of the DC universe. Superman's been retired. Um. For a number of years now, Batman is a broken shell of himself. Wonder Woman is just taking away all concept of peace. War is the only way to win. Uh, and you have these new heroes and these new superpowered beings that are just wreaking havoc. Superman's moved back to action. He comes out of retirement. He brings these heroes back together. And now they're trying to restore peace. But in the time they've been gone, you have the, of course, regular humans, the government that is distrustful of what's going on. They've been getting nukes ready. They don't trust what's going on there. You have um, Lex Luthor, of course, and the remnants of uh, villains that are from bygone eras who are still around, Catwoman, Riddler, um, uh, just all these others who are trying to form their own coalition. They actually team up, and they have a burn in the hand in Captain Marvel, which sets off the very first, well, not the very first, but obviously one of the more impactful Captain Marvel Superman fights in, in, in history. And this book, Alex Ross rendered it beautifully. The two of them showcased their DC knowledge through and through. You had Red Robin before that was even a thing for by, like at least by a decade in this book. You have so many DC Easter eggs that I can reread them and still find more. And I highly recommend they put out a, I think a 15 year anniversary book. I want to say uh, two years ago that has not only the book, and it's half of it, like half of the volume. It's just a paperback, or not a paperback, it's just a soft cover. But half of the the book is the actual story, and the other half involves the notes, the text, the, the Easter eggs, and it is really detailed. It's a gem of a book. Uh, this story, it's just a great story. It, it's just a great story. It ties up really well. Always love going back to that. So this, was one, so this was Future State 15 years ago? Is that what this is? Uh, future State 20, yeah. Future State 25 years ago, but better. You're right. I get you on that. Exactly. This, this <laughs> Good one. Is, Good one. Well done. This is another one that I was going to put on my list. I had to seriously think about whether or not I was going to put it on. I was and, gracious and when that I you found out me, so well, you had it, I was like, okay, I'll pick one of the other ones. But this Dude. is one I strongly agree, man. It's a solid. I, and the Alex Ross art, just, yes. and, and, oh, they just combine. It, it's so like Stanley and Kirby. I, this is a great series. Mm. Great run. Yeah, and they actually had issues doing it together creatively and actually split almost a little bit afterwards because of it. But like what magic they put together in this book stands the test of time. We've seen it, the, the, the Kingdom Come version of Superman a year ago in the Crisis series that came out, the CWDC thing. I mean, the ramifications have spilled into other works, and I think it will continue to do so. But you, you, you need to clip that. He just called Wade and Ross Stanley and Kirby. I did? Yeah, uh, Not you. Matt, you need to clip that. Thank you. I, I thought he it. said they were like Stanley and Kirby. Oh, I, did. I didn't know he said. I did. They I were like. He said they were like. Yeah, that's what I they thought. They were like. Okay. They worked together. Like. Yeah. I, I, okay. Cool. That's what I heard. But hey, let's. All right. Cool. I mean, yeah. There you go. But that was my number two. And yes, JJ, I'm all about the Elseworlds stories. I mean, not all of them. Not all of them. I've read some really god awful ones. But like, especially the early ones that set the stage for this, really good. Number one, Frank Miller. Frank Miller been all over the board. I think his best work was 86. I liked his Batman Spawn thing. Um, I think nowadays his work has become a caricature of itself. I think he sh probably should have not dipped back into that Dark Knight Returns well, but he did again in Dark Knight Strikes again and again in Dark Knight Master Race and again in Dark Knight The Last Crusade and all of that. Yeah, I just like pretend it didn't happen. But the Dark Knight Returns, I mean, come on. It, it, it's, it's probably a, a blessing and a malediction in what it's done to the comic world in terms of growing it up for sure, 
giving a different element to a Batman, but also giving us uh, inspiration for such works as Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which like, yuck, and all these other dark and gritty stories that had to be dark and gritty for the sake of being dark and gritty. You could say it got to start here. Uh, you could even look further back and go to Squadron Supreme and other stuff around 86, that kind of 85, 84, 85, 86, Squadron Supreme, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, that kind of helped to the growing up period of comics. But, I mean, you have the Batman, 55 years old, been retired 10 years. His final battles against got old foes like Two-Face, of course, the Joker in the Tunnel of Love. That was just so dope. And then, of course, Batman vs. Superman, that one fight that's been recreated over and over and over. Uh, well done. I actually don't, not really a huge fan of Miller's artwork, but I really was in this volume or in these four stories. Uh, like the way that you included Carrie Kelly, introduced that character, fleshed them out a little bit. Really good story. Seminal art and, and, and number one for me. I go back to this book at least once every two weeks. Yeah, Frank Very Miller's nice. another one I, I struggled with. To clarify, that is as far as I was going. They worked together and put out a book I'm and, what you saw. And made an amazing book, and then they both split. Kirby and Stan Lee did not stay together all that. They, they worked together a lot, and then they had issues, and Kirby left and went to D.C. He ended up coming back, they but they cool. had issues, just like... Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Sadly, so, Kirby... Uh, is getting deeper and deeper. I, I want to yeah. give, 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 give a knock on Marvel real quick, though, because Kirby ended up working until he died putting out work because Marvel yeah, would not absolutely. give him the original prints yeah, that he absolutely. did and absolutely. added. So sh yeah. shame on Marvel. Shout out to yeah. Kirby. And I just think, again, you Mark, you touched this a little bit ago about the 90s and comic creators and everything, but Kirby died in 94, still putting out work to support himself because stuff that he did in the 60s wasn't given proper credit for. And a lot of that happened and a lot of that. But since y'all wanted to dig on DC, here I am digging on Marvel and, and that's all I wanted to say. All right, so that's, that's fair. Before, that's fair. Before we get to Marco, we're gonna do him that's next. Fair. He's sitting there looking like he's about to explode in his chair. No, 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 no. I just want to say this is style. I want to say style collector. Thank you. This yeah. is our second was, super chat of the day. Absolutely. I was just about to touch on that. I say we got over 80 people in the chat. You guys have been fire as always. It's been fast fantastic. I want to say thank you to the two super chats we've gotten so far tonight. We definitely appreciate it. I hope that means you guys are enjoying the show. If you are, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure to subscribe to everyone on the channel as, you know, there's so much great content here on Tales from the Flip Side, not only from us, but from Marco and Solo over on Tales from uh, the Dark Side. The main, you know, McClay, Dino, um, Nico, everyone on the, the main Top Flip Side 10. channel, everyone Comic over at Combook Women. You got the um, presser on Wednesday with Ultra. You got the Hot 10. So much great content on here, this channel for you. You got Every Modern Playbooks dropping there in the morning. It's got my man Steve on it. Yeah, Modern Playbook. So shows coming from Pete. Just yep. great content all the way through. All the way across the channel. So we, we definitely appreciate you, guys, appreciate you guys. Fire as always. And with that being said, remember, now's the time. If you're still with us and you're having a good time and you want to get on the drinking game, before I let Marco go, because I'm making him a little suspense here. <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's that QR code. Scan that to find the drinking game world if you're just joining us and you got a little bit of catching up to do. But uh so without any further ado, I'll make the man stop waiting now because he looks like he's about to have an aneurysm. And we'll go ahead and, and get on into Marco and we'll lead Appreciate off. Geek. Uh before yeah. we get in there, uh let's start bringing up Bob Kane real quickly, huh? That's no, a, hey, hey, we don't gotta, yeah. All right. So we're just gonna go tip the cat. You know, we're gonna go tip the cat on Pete DC versus people talk about it all the time. People don't talk about the Kirby stuff. stuff a lot. People talk you know, about Kane. People always do, dude. They do Kirby. Uh, well, I haven't, you haven't said it until today, and I've been on you a few shows, Marco. 
I'm just kidding. So we're gonna here we go. Kick it off with Marco. I know, I know. All right, so here we go. So I did. I went a little different with it. I did. I did try to do arcs and then artists. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm, As far as writers go, I like Christopher Yost. A couple things. Something that uh, uh, that Solo and me both have in common. Yost does a lot of minis, right? Uh, He did. He did a lot of minis. But one of the ones that you always hear me talk about, if we can slip through some of these slides, Matt, is that uh, you know I like I like Kingbreaker, like. I do like King. Oh, yeah, these are two great that he did too. He did Sex and Violence through X Force, which was really good. If you didn't read it, also has some great covers on it. Um, once again, that was a mini. Also, Modok Assassin. I think this is getting big now because of um, yeah, there's a TV the, show, right? Yeah, there's a new cartoon. Okay, I don't care. The book was actually funny, like to the point that I accidentally kept buying a couple of books, like every time I saw it because it was in like fifty cent bins, and I was like, this is actually a good story, so I just keep reading it because it was funny. It really is. So I really enjoyed that, and I didn't actually even know Yost wrote it. But that was like one of the things when I was checking things out. I was like, okay, this is somebody I keep picking up all the time. But one of the main things that he really got me at is one of my favorite Marvel like 2000, and that's X Men, uh, the Emperor of Valken stuff. This is the stuff that has to deal with the Third Summer Brothers and goes into War King, Kingbreaker, that type of stuff. He did both those minis, and the, I really do love that. I mean, I I like that they brought out a Summer Brother who was just you know Havoc was what he was. And of course, Scott's kind of a wuss or whatever. But the third one that got abandoned in space and was raised by other people, and they did this great backstory. The art at the time, you know, I thought was really bringing it back. I know this is around the time of Civil War too, where Civil War was really reviving Marvel at the time. And I thought this kind of was like an underrated series and mini that went into it. This event was all-encompassing quarter, sort of, but it also didn't include a lot of the Avengers, which I thought was kind of cool because I've always been an X fan. So like to see them have a mini event and that turned into a larger event and incorporate like the Inhumans and everything like that. And a lot of space stuff like Nova really was cool. And this is kind of like where the st- it's the starting point for it. So I put Yost out for that. Also, very interesting point. If you go up to the next slide, I did put a lot of Star Wars people in here, but I did put him and I will rank him as a Star Wars person because he technically did write episodes for Rebels. He wrote a handful of them. Uh, so there you go. There's also your Star Wars tie in with Chris Yost. Uh, the next one, or Christopher, as he likes to be called, I guess. I don't know. We have to use big boy names for big boy things. The next one, of course, is Garth Enos. And unlike Punisher, which is probably his worst piece of work that he's ever done before, I decided to go another route. I decided to go another route. So like everybody who's ever heard me before or whatever, like uh, 2000 AD, the Judge Dredd stuff, the magazine stuff that came from overseas was a lot of stuff that I was looking for. And he was one of the people that I thoroughly enjoyed. He had a character called Chopper that was, um, Chopper the Midnight Surfer, I know it's a kind of a knockoff of, of Silver Surfer, who would go around and spray yeah. paint and tag yeah. things all the time. He had he had done a lot with this character. He had done a lot with the a lot of the other Dread stuff. And a lot of the precog stuff was his. He had written a bunch of storylines for it, and that's what first got me hooked on him. But I won't say it was some of his best work because it was kind of collective. If we go into some of the other stuff. Oh, yeah. So here's some of the inside pages. Like you could already get the feeling for it. He wrote really cool stuff and he I think Judge Dredd, for him, like then expanded to the style. Like he moved away from Dredd eventually, kind of came back to it, but that gave him his foothold and and contributed to some of his other stuff, such as Preacher. Obviously, with Preacher you have <laughs> you have Arseface, uh, which is just a great character in itself. There's a ton of good Preacher stuff, but he also led into Hellblazer, and that is one of the like when it talks about DC stuff that I used to read. It was under the Vertigo line, and both Preacher 
and Hellblazer. He did Dangerous Habits, which is obviously one of the best Hellblazer runs. That was in the original volume one run. He did that, which was great. And then his last, uh, another good series that he did in Hellblazer, he had like three different portions where he came in and did different series in those. And if you go to the next slide, I think our, our last bit's on there. So then we had Hellblazer's Bake at the Gates of Hell. It was also a really great series for this. You saw the art change a little bit, but it was definitely like the Innis and Dylan style. I really enjoyed it. It was when I really started going like, okay, DC isn't such a bad thing. There's more than just Batman over there. <clears throat> With that being said, we will go to our number three. And by the way, three, two, and one kind of all similarly sit in the same area. Here we got Jonathan Hickman. I love how he's signing stuff in the back of a garage in a, a storage shed. Um, now, I know that some people... I know that some people wanted the Avenger run. That's not exactly where I went with Hickman. I really liked Hickman because when I picked up a book called The Manhattan Project. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. So, oh, this is funny. Before we get into it, I know a lot of people now love Hickman because of this. Hickman, House of X. And this is one reason why I love him, too. Now, this is later on. This isn't how I got started with him. But one of the reasons I did is because uh, I don't know if you've seen this video uh, online yet, uh, but it is. We get to see him make uh, a certain person cry, if you could, Matt. Rob Liefeld decides to cry because he was holding up a book and saying, these new X-Men books, I know everybody thinks they're such good reads and so popular, well, 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 but this book right here went I, and he said I, and it wasn't as a Clement book. So I don't even know what he was talking about, but anybody who could get him to start whining, you're going to be in my top five. Hickman got him to cry like a little baby, top five right off the bat. And let's explain why. So Manhattan Project was something I picked up early from him. I really did enjoy it. It was something different at the time. I know independents were starting to get a good rap again. Uh, they are talking great about, you can go to the next slide, Matt. They are talking great about some of these books. And, and Manhattan Project really got into it. But East of West. East of West was one of those where he started taking pauses after the arcs. And I was just like, man, dude, stop pausing. Just keep going. Not only was the interior really cool, the storyline was really cool. But then around 16, he just had some great covers. Like I know there's the regular covers, but some of his other covers... If you go to the next two slides, we can see them. Like 32 was good. But starting at 16, they did this like Texas one, which was a connecting cover. If you could find these, they're really cool to have. If you go through the rest of the slides, you can see the rest of them. It's got a lot of the characters in it. He did a great job of this. The pausing, the going back and forth was rough. So what I ended up started doing after the third arcway was just collecting them all and almost reading it in a TPB form, but with the Lucy's. So it was pretty cool. I like the artwork. I like the storytelling. I like the way they did the Four Horsemen. I like the Would way they did the. Would you just call them Lucy's? Lucy's, yeah, the Lucy's. Is that like floppies? Yeah, floppies. <laughs> yeah. Lucy's. I like Lucy's. combined together. Yeah, I'm gonna call them Lucy's from now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, you know, so I started collecting them all together and reading them in arcs, and that's why I kind of got to 16, where 16 had like five different books of it. It got a little bit ridiculous. <coughs> <coughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know people did like the Avenger run on it. I know they like the Infinity stuff they did too. He's done a lot of great stuff. But when it comes to like his cornerstone, East of West, and it just ended recently. If you haven't read it, I know it's a lot to intake, but go out there and get East and West. He did a really good job on that. Um, next up. Ah, Peter David. Also a great guy. Uh, by the way, uh, on the left, this isn't my picture, but a little bit less hair on top and a little bit more skullet. Definitely met Peter David one time uh, because he was one of my favorites. He doesn't look like that quite anymore. Unfortunately, that was more in like the 90s-ish, like early 90s, late 80s is where you saw him there. Where you see him now, he looks more like the one on the left or right. Uh, do we have the next slide, Matt? Hopefully we do. Very good. So Spider-Man 2099, obviously in the 90s, that was a big book. It has gotten resurgence. He also did work on Hulk. 
You might remember this cover. People like it. Next. That's not where I'm going to go with him, though. Where I really love his work, where I think his like big work that really caught me was when he did X Factor. A couple great points. He kind of changed it away from the original team, moved it into that. Um, like Maddox is really where he started with that little Maddox thing where Maddox was not, he was a priest, but they showed where like all his split offs went and did all these other things. He also took a Layla Miller and turned her into something that was kind of interesting. She like warped. He was dealing with a lot of these minor characters that didn't, you know, they just had no place to go. And he was forming them into these great storylines. He made strong guys, somebody worth reading, you know, the Layla Miller thing where her, and she went to the future. I always like when they take mutants and put her in the future. She grew up, came back, her and him become, um, or multiple men, then have a relationship. I thought that was pretty cool. Speaking of relationships and speaking of people crying, we've got another great one too. Oh yeah. So there's Miller and yeah, he had some just like all of it together. Here we go. X factor. They ended up putting in a couple people there, but if you look at the last cover, you have got, uh, you've got uh, obviously long shot there. And then you have got star shadow, his like twin brother, whatever. If you look at the next one in the rainbow coloring there, that's a guy named Richter. And this made somebody cry. Oh, Rob's crying again. He's thoroughly upset. He is extremely upset because Peter David uh, had those two men kissing and being boyfriends, which once again, if you make Rob cry, you're going to make my top five. So Peter David, not only because I like him because of the X Factor, he also made Rob cry. Two criers in uh, the top three is excellent. And that's what we got on Peter David. So, or that's what we got on, yeah, Peter David. So let's go to our next slide. And finally, uh, hey, look. I'm wearing a line cat shirt. I got a line cat back there. I love it. Uh, the series, I actually, there's a lot of series that I like that Brian did. I I, I like the fact that Brian came on. I, I liked him. Everything from the runaways, you know, he, he did Machina. He did a lot, but why was a standout till Saga came up? Like why was the one where I have all of them in, in looses and then I have it as a collection and I go back and read the TPBs of that. And then he came out with Saga. And next slide. I mean, I don't think there's anything like why. Obviously, there you go. Saga, there's the... I wish I actually had that. I do not have that variant. Um, but those are his two cornerstone pieces. He did a lot of online stuff where he actually had this comic book series where you could just pay whatever you felt the comic book was worth, which was very interesting and at the time new. It's the only time I've actually read comics online or at least when I started to because everything else at the time was pretty bad. If you go to the next picture... Hey, listen, number one's great. You got, there was a lot of controversy on some of these two. I do remember everybody was very excited when it first came out. And anytime you got a guy with a TV head crapping on a crapper, you got me sold. I know you guys thought I was going to do a troll with a small penis or maybe two guys on the screen, but no, nah, went with him on the pooper. All right, there you hey, go. Classy. Another one that I was contemplating adding. I mean, Saga's just, I, I, how can you not love Saga? Yeah, that, it's mostly like coming not back. liking Vader's castle. You're just it, you're if you don't like it, you're wrong. There's levels to that, but I, I get okay. Yeah, and, and and honestly, like it's coming back. Hopefully, I guess. And like with Fiona doing the artwork too, that was just like wise, really good. Don't get me wrong, it was good. It was the the standard bearer, I think, for his work. But I think Saga, even with it not being completed yet, has overtaken that. I don't think we. I mean, people can debate it, but I don't think it's debatable. So. That is my top five. Like I said, most of them, especially like three plus could all, you could just interchange them depending on what day it is. Um, I saw what Joe just said. I know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure your name was writing Star Trek novels as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, All well, right. we forgot about that portion of it. That's why he ended up being uh, – he didn't make it to the top spot. I guess it's my turn now. Huh? <laughs> it is. Best for right. us. Let's get it, Matt. Coming in at number five for me, Brian Michael Bendis. Listen, you know, I went with skinny Brian Michael Bendis versus fat Brian Michael Bendis, but Brian Michael Bendis, you know, say what you want about his stuff at times at DC. His stuff at Marvel was good. One of my favorite runs that really made me put my eyes on him more was all-new X-Men. Um I love this run. This is the, the run that reintroduced me back to the X-Men. I was there for a little bit, left, and this run kind of brought me back. As I, my focus was more on his amazing, his Ultimate Spider-Man run. And I mean, look, I think he killed it on Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I, I think he handled, personally, I think he handled killing off Peter Parker with, with grace and, and that had that nice transition to miles and bringing miles into the the universe a character that everyone thought wouldn't work no black spider-man is not going to work well that's that's not true and and brian michael bendis and Pacelli showed you how to do it so uh, that's again I, i've loved his marvel stuff uh for a while there it seems like he was like donny cates is now where he was writing everything at marvel but uh he has since moved to dc and his work has um in my opinion gone downhill since he's gone to DC. Not related, by the way. <laughs> okay, Gorman, calm down. Relax, jump out of your chair at me now. <laughs> Number four, Matt Fraction. Um, look, everyone knows Matt Fraction for his Hawkeye run. I think it's an acclaimed Hawkeye run. They're, it's going to be the main focus, it seems, of the the Disney Plus Hawkeye show. Um, you get, you know, the pizza dog stuff, and it, it's all great. But I liked him for Sex Criminals. I mean, I can't say enough about this book. Like, yeah, sex is a superpower. Why not, right? Stop time with org, you know, freeze time with <laughs> orgasms. Sure, yeah. I'm glad right? you put this on here because I have not read this yet, and I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I've been really curious about whether to read it or not. So to see it on your top five, I will start. I will go get them and I will read it. Yeah, I mean, I'm Chip Zdarsky, Matt Fraction, can't go wrong. Great story. Uh, sex criminals was was definitely offbeat for me when I picked it up and I just picked it up on a whim because of the, cause of Matt fraction. So, and it was a, a series I enjoyed dearly. Uh, number three for me, Mark Millar. I mean, I can't say what can he say about Millar and his writing? I mean, he gave us one of the biggest events in Marvel history in civil war, a event that to this day is still affecting the landscape of the Marvel universe. Um, you know, Captain America's civil war movie was briefly and loosely based off of it um but that's not the only thing he gave us he gave me one of my favorite two favorite independent stories in kick-ass um and huck i can't wait for huck to be turned into a movie if you've not read this book i can't say enough about this book it's like if if forrest gump had superpowers almost um if you haven't read it, it it's i believe it's four issues it's definitely worth a read some fabulous writing um and it i i usually whenever i see um anything Millar now I, I go back and I he's one of those he's one of those writers that no matter what it is I'll I'll at least pick up the first couple issues to see what what story he's got up his sleeve next. Number two for me, Scott Snyder. I mean can you can you not say enough about Scott Snyder right now? Go to the DC realm with Corbin. Um oh, you know <laughs> Court of Owls. Court of Owls was I, I I read some of Snyder's stuff. I wasn't really up on his independent stuff at, at the time, but I did read some of his stuff on Detective. 
but court of owls was my first true like deep end jump into scott snyder and i loved that work the work he did in that you know that first arc in batman and to me scott snyder redefined the joker you look at you look at what Tinian did with the joker now and when when you when fans hear the Joker is going to be in a book, they get excited. And the name alone sells before the, sto- you know, you have any, any inkling on what the storyline is. And I feel like Scott Snyder took the, the Joker and just gave him that a little bit more sadistic push where he shows up, takes his face back, you know, staples it to himself. And he just wreaks havoc on the bat family. Like I like a Joker story where there's going to be consequences. It sets it up and there's consequences throughout the entire book till it finishes and i feel like scott snyder did that so well with the joker i feel like some of his best writing is with the joker and ever since he's left this book i feel like the joker it's tom king struggled to do the joker justice uh tinian who is his his like disciple or protege protege thank you it struggled to to be able to manufacture the same things that the joke we saw with with his joker run these two right here you know, Death of the Family and Court of Owls is some of the best writing yeah, in DC, okay. I think. There's no, it's okay. Batman New 52, without question, is one of the best runs, I think, in, in DC history. Um, Number one for me, Robert Kirkman. What can I say about Robert Kirkman? I mean, Battle Pope, Invincible, The Walking Dead. I don't care what you say about Robert Kirkman. This man has transcended pop culture for the last 10 years between the walk between his stuff with battle Pope and invincible to the walking dead, the walking to get its own TV show to outcast to, you know, all of his new stuff he's gotten coming down the line, oblivion song. And, um, it just Robert Kirkman, anything by him. I at least give it a couple of, of issues because his writing, I like his writing style. I like how he teases things. I like how you know with Kirkman when he teases something, you're gonna get the payoff and it's gonna be a good payoff. So Robert Kirkman's nine, my number one. Yeah, that's cool. I like Kirkman too. I mean some of the other things. You like how he teases things? Does he like you're I like slow? Yep. You're not as fast as I am. Ha ha. Well, it's, you know, he teases events. He sets things up that you know are going to pay you're off down zombie. the line. But uh-huh. At least you know you're going to get the payoff. You know, but well, those are good. Yeah. All right, that's well, solid. let's go ahead and uh, this is better than get... gaslight. Yep. No, right. it's not. No, it's clearly not. Oh, but you man. know what, Marco? It's been it's been two hours of this. Two hours. Gotham by Gaslight. I know. Gotham by Gaslight said a whole. We're not gonna do it again. And actually, yeah, we are. Gotham by Gaslight said a whole. (laughs) No, 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 no. All right, what do we got next, Matt? I'm gonna turn it over to you. It's time for your Star Wars update. We don't have a ton of Star Wars update this week. We do have some. Oh, we do actually. We had some interesting news. Um, real quickly, let's go here. Okay, there you go. There you go. So, uh, for those that don't know, that uh, the Mike Mayu cover drop, it was pretty cool. A little bit of trouble here for those that don't know. Originally, it dropped for $80 for the set, and they said it was the first cover or the first appearance of Roe. They had to pull that down because a couple issues. One, technically, that's the cameo happened in the IDW number one, and actually on the same day, we will have IDW number two or the first full will. Uh, he doesn't, for our knowledge, does not show up in that. Also, number two, I know of at least four covers that are going to have Roe on it. So if you missed out on that one, um, 
there is going to be more row on covers of the High Republic, which will come out the same day as the IDW book. This is the Wanted comic one. I can't show you the other covers that I've seen because they haven't released yet. But as soon as they do, you know, check out the IG. We'll put them up there. Every cover that releases for this, we will, because I know this is an awesome character. It's really popular. That, hey, listen, that Mayu cover is too great, man. All these covers that I've seen, uh, no, with, with exception, there is one that is pretty bad. But all these I do, I am enjoying. I will say this. Go to the next page. On the same day this series drops, uh, number two of IDW High Republic, it is very, we would be very surprised if his first full appearance does not happen in this book. Um, the Adventures one, that's the one in blue. The one on the right, by the way, is the second print for Star Wars The High Republic, The Rage of Jedi. That's the scene where he is cutting across cutting the nil it also says dark skier if he does turn dark which i don't think he is i think he's possessed by something else but if he does turn dark this is the second print for number two it might be worth a grab so make sure you grab that book uh i think the foc was this week on it but either way make sure you just order it up you'll get it a couple copies wouldn't be bad and what's our next slide and we're three hours. and just so everybody knows i'm waiting for the mayhew on mayhew that he has to do a chewbacca cover he has yeah. to it, it will it will sell better than anything ever mayhew has to do a mayhew it makes sense uh honestly those first two covers of row though were done by it seems like the star wars covers done by star wars artists those first two obviously mayhew has done a lot of star wars stuff so he's done well the other is uh will Sliney, and he mm -hmm. has done a bunch of stuff including the kylo ren book i mean our star wars artists are getting what's going on in star wars this is number three in the star wars adventures uh book line the idw book line this will have both row on the cover and him inside um so either way there you go what do we have next the mayu is really good eric i do enjoy it yeah oh speaking of covers uh with nil on it we are doing we are we do still have that free giveaway going on on the dark side review if you go to the next one we are giving away this cover right here uh of laura d next slide and we will show you hopefully what Nope. Oh, we didn't. So anyways, if you go back to the review of High Republic number two, which is this book right here, High Republic New, you go down, you just give a like and a comment down there. You're entered into win. We are randomly going to pick somebody out. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday on our Clone Wars review, we will reveal who it is. We'll also put in the comments who actually won it there. So if you want a free book, feel free. Go back, watch the Star Wars High Republic number two review uh, from Tales from the Dark Side. We'll enter you there into the little chat uh, club thing and see if you can get it. Oh, speaking of Eric, Eric, by the way, thank you very much. I want to show off our friend right here. He does no art. This is something he's done for me. Uh, this is a really cool piece. I gave him a description of something I wanted. He, It's awesome. Um, maybe we'll have more on it later. Just want everybody to see that real quickly and tell him thank you very much. Okay. Oh, picture. Yeah, we're not spinning a muffin wheel. I literally am just going to randomly throw a hand in a jar or something okay also speaking of cool stuff if you haven't seen this we've kind of been showing it i did put it on the ig this is the bounty hunter book that is going that came out in this months months by the way so you have time i'm warning you it's coming out to order this this is bounty hunters number 11 mm -hmm. and in number 11 it's a whole boss storyline this will be the cover they kind of confirmed this is going to be the cover the the b cover will be a, a 40th anniversary one by sprouse but um this will be the cover it's really cool they talk about going back to this planet the planet where the dung is from you know the dung was like that one slow guy the one guy that was in the racing pod thing against anakin when he was a little kid 
they go to that planet. So I assume we're also going to see a, a, a Gillow Dragon, which will be really cool. Either way, it seems like a cool cover. Uh, everybody who's seen this really does like it. Might be interesting to pick this book up. This series is pretty good, so do that. Okay. Okay. That's it. Boom All right. What's how? next? What's next? So, uh, we, what, I Here's mean, that. we're done with Star Wars. I want to real quick point out here. Um, let's see. JJ Maxwell in the chat. Guys, when we do these top ten five lists every weekend, we invite you guys to join us. Send us your list. Participate if you want to. You can do so by sending it to our IG, uh, Modern Comic Mayhem on IG. Um, you know, we, we release our lists every Tuesday of what the next week's going to be, so you'll know what the topic is, and we'll read them out loud. Uh, JJ Maxwell says, trying to avoid repeats. I'd go with Noah Picard, Jeff Lemire, Neil Gaiman, Ed Burbank, Greg Rucka, and Warren Ellis. So yeah, there was a yeah. couple lists in in the chat for sure. All that were, solid. We really try. It was hard for us because we really tried not to repeat to try and give everybody. You, you know, it, we all could have went with how many Alan Morris. We all could have went. We really tried to mix it up to give you five that we all love that weren't mm-hmm. a repeat that were not. You know too mainstream but but some of them were definitely mainstream and kind of gimmies but uh yeah the other lists that you guys dropped in the chat they were all fire and, and i agree 100 percent. they were all easily that invite as good as any of our lists invite to raid says hickman avengers mcfarland spawn claremont x-men alan moore yeah. take your pick snyder batman run or my pop five writers yeah, those are all solid too. I mean, there's a lot. Like, like Solo says, a lot. Bob almost took took credit for that X Men run there once. So, and I didn't, I didn't want to go with. I mean, I could have came on here and told you guys how much I love Spawn again. How many times have you heard me say that? A hundred. You know, I could have told you TMNT. You know, Eastman and Laird first run. I, you guys know that Watchmen. You guys know that. That I wanted to try and pick some different stuff that you guys didn't know about. Me. Oh, me too. I could in all Elseworlds. I could in all DC. There was some variety, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I loved all the lists and the ones in the chat. I, I love them all. You guys are knocking it out of the park again. I love it. Not yeah. really me. Those top three are my top three. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make Rob Liefeld cry, so they don't make his top three. All right, right, let's get into the the last topic of this evening, and let's do our recap of this week's episode of WandaVision, episode six. (coughs) We got some big stuff that happened in WandaVision this week. Finally, an episode where at the end I was like, God, I want more. Give me more now. Like, excited for the next episode. The first five, very (coughs) mild excitement for the next episode. Very, very mild. But this episode knocked it out of the park i this was, really this is the episode i've been waiting for it was something else although I she don't, didn't she didn't level anybody i really wanted to see that the very end i wanted her to start leveling stuff man i wanted her to yeah next one i mean we got so many plot threats kind of more questions more answers i'm really hoping that this um inclusion of um or this further inclusion of Quicksilver in this iteration that we know him as like the long-standing version and not just like a one-off. But shout out to the Malcolm in the Middle reference. Like we went nineties on this one. This is yeah. not quite my era. I mean, we're still two thousands oh, probably there. Yeah, I say more early two thousands. Yeah, but still, like we're in there. We're getting there, and that was that was kind of cool. Wanda expanding her power. 
the way that she has, literally expanding that, like the way, it, it's just crazy. I mean, Vision trying to break free, the kids discovering their powers, literally living up to that Wiccan and speed, like, it's a lot. It's a lot right now. And what's really happened, like, there's always like what you're seeing and what's really going on. And, and does that, that Vision, when I thought he went out when he was burning, I was like, okay, so is Vision entirely in figment of Wanda's imagination? Is that something, I mean, not Wanda's imagination, but like her, her power, like what if that body isn't like I don't know. There's so much there. I'm just I don't know. I don't know, and that's exciting. How many episodes of this show are left? Are, are there ten or three, nine? Three more. Nine. So three nine. more episodes. All of them were announced yet. to be an yep. hour long. Yep. We saw some earlier people in the chat too. Yeah, the credits are gonna be like twenty minutes. So really, it's gonna be a forty minute show. They are. That's right. still it's more than a twenty minute. I'm taking it. I'm okay with. Like, you're right though. That did bug me though, Mark. Because I'm like, ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. And then I'm looking halfway through, and it says, oh, there's like twenty four minutes left. And then it's as as you start going, you're like, oh wait, the credits are like ten minutes. I'm really like ten minutes left. Darn it. Yeah, but like, yeah, where's Mephisto fit in? I really don't think he's gonna fit in this. Don't call me crazy, but I just don't see it. I don't see this being unveiled in this series. I just don't see it. I, do. I just don't see it. And it's gonna come at the I, end. I'm I will. We'll, I'm. T- I'm excited. I'm. I. Uh, okay. And also, is Agnes? I mean, the way that Agnes came out with that nervous breakdown. I don't think that she's. I don't think that she's. Uh, I think she's actually just a bystander. I think that was red hair. Yeah. yeah, I think that was. I think you're right. I think that was very much a red herring as well. Um, some of the Easter eggs here you got in this episode is you got it was the Halloween episode, so you got, um. Wanda wearing her comic book accurate costume and it kind of shows, you know, fanboys were screaming, why aren't you putting Wolverine in the, the blue and yellow spandex and why aren't you having more comic book accurate costumes? Well, I think this episode kind of showed you why they don't have more comic book accurate costumes because putting Wanda in that costume or a vision in his would be, would be kind of silly. Um, I like that. It went back to the whole uh, Sokovi and fortune teller thing, which is a reference to her mother, the original Scarlet, Witch. You had Vision in his original costume all the way down to the the gem on the head and calling himself a, a luchador. Um, so the Billy and Tommy stuff was good. Like I liked, like Corbin said, the Malcolm in the Middle references and they're talking to the cameras and how they seem to just all of a sudden develop their powers out of nowhere. You know, he... he Wiccan, or you know, Speed gets his super speed, and Wiccan gets his ability, uh, his telepathic abilities, and he doesn't yeah. quite have the the sorcery of Wanda yet, but he's got that that telepathic ability. Um, so we'll see. Um, what did you get? Yeah, there I, was the Demon Spawn comment from Quicksilver. yes, there was the Demon Spawn comment from Quicksilver. That's correct. Yes. Um, look, people are going on and on about the Quicksilver thing being the the start of the the split between the multiverses. And I don't think it is. And I, I, the more this goes on, I think this is just one of those nods to one of those classic sitcom tropes where you, you recast a character, a character gets recasted. And that's what this is, is that they recast, they're recasting Pietro. And this is kind of like a, a, a sitcom quirk. I don't think it's a nod to the multiverse. And at this point in time, I don't think it's a, a nod to the you know the, the X-Men movies coming over to the Marvel universe. I don't think that's John, that's what's Jesus. going on here. Jesus. <laughs> John, more, yeah, Vision and more Oh, that's funny. I think they did do a good job. I think they did a good job with the kids. I did like that. I actually yeah, there were tons of Easter eggs all over the place on this one. Um I don't know, man. I just I thought it was kind of cool and then when she was taking over at the end and like turn that's going to be a whole different 
Like they actually left it on a cliffhanger that I'm like, oh, I wanted like five more minutes. I wanted five exactly. more minutes. This one was, it was good. Like I've actually enjoyed the last three, but this one really set it up for a good ending. I actually don't even care which direction it goes. Like I'm not looking to see, like, I don't care if Hephaestus shows up. I don't care if the kids, like, I don't care if it follows any of the comic books anymore or anything to that effect. I kind of just want to see where it's actually going. I hope they do kind of take it in a, a little bit of its origin or like their own direction of it. And, mm-hmm. and honestly how it started off. Yeah. It started off slow, but to come back in this strong, you know, it's good. Like I'm, I'm glad we stuck around with it. Cause I, I have a feeling now, like you're hearing a lot more of just people even saying they're enjoying it. Like they are glad they got through it. And yeah, it was tough to swallow the first two episodes, but they're making I it think, easy, easy. I think personally that with the way the director's sword is acting and how he's got stuff to hide. And when Darcy and them are in Monica, are, you know, hacking the, the sword systems, she says that, you know, he's got a firewall of his own with stuff to hide. I, part of me thinks he's trying to resurrect Ultron. No, you think so? Because I was he's thinking there was a small, albeit very small and slight chance that he may be the, the Mephisto that's kind of playing at watching it. it I wondered, I wondered that's a, I hadn't thought about that take. That's a good, that's a good I still one. think Agatha's husband that she constantly talks about, but you still haven't seen. I think that's going to be Mephisto. But I think he's, you know, in in the show they changed the name of Sword, and now it's like Sentient Weapons Division. So they're tracking Ultron. Ultron seems to be his main focus. He can see inside the barrier. He doesn't tell Monica Rambeau about her, you know, her lab results. There's so much hidden stuff there. I think he's looking to reobtain Vision. Why did they have Vision's body in the first place? I think they're looking they look to reobtain vision to try to resurrect Ultron since he is, you know, a mixture of Ultron, Jarvis, and Tony. So mm-hmm. they're trying he's trying to resurrect that program. And that's why he wants vision so much. Um did any of you guys catch the the Spider-Man nod? The, yeah, with the black. Yeah. Yep. By math, that was neat. I actually really, I think my favorite part, honestly, was seeing the limits of, at least until she, at the end of the episode, where you can kind of see the limits of her reach in Westview. You know, it's the loop. You have the one woman I, I think is like just enough in the world that she's aware that she can't move or, or process, like she's aware of her own trauma, but not enough to kind of go along with the facade, the one that's just crying. Like it, it's crazy as he reaches the outer edges of Westview and seeing, okay, Wanda has all this vibrant, almost like, um, Pietro pointed out with her finally having kids in. Remember, this is something touched on before. Like, she's kind of processing as things are falling apart around her in a specific space, but there's only so much of this pushes off. Is that showing the limits of her reach as of now? Is that showing just how much she's being puppeted? Um, even the Agnes thing we talked about, is that, in my mind, I think that's showing that she's as much a puppet as this as anything else, but could she also be throwing false leads as she did earlier to kind of push Vision in a certain direction? There's so much going on that, I mean, I can't wait till Friday morning again. Well, it was interesting when you had that Quicksilver, like the Quicksilver and her and Scar and uh, Witch when they Scarlet Witch when they sat down and had the conversation. It was like the conversation of like, "How are you doing this?" Mm-hmm. And and even like that, she was kind of like, "Oh well." And then you saw the people that were freezing. You're like, "Okay, so her power is limited." But the end, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, man, it, just to give that much power where she was so quickly consuming so much. Like, yeah, she's powerful, but is she that powerful? I mean, they can make her that powerful, I guess. But, like, that was kind of well, crazy. I think her power is getting boosted by Mephisto. And 
I think there's a lot of talk in here about devil and like demon spawn with the kids, but she makes a comment. He asks her what, you know, why are you doing this? How did this happen? She says, you know, I don't really know. I was just, I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt hopeless. And usually, you know, you know, if you're a, a Christian or into the Bible and stuff, that's usually when the devil, they say the devil reveals himself to you is when you're at your lowest point. And so that's, I, I, I kind of get that feeling from that, that, you know, and when she, yeah, and she, and he's feeding off her, her abilities. And so when she snaps at the end and expands the barrier, I think that's him like jumpstarting her, her power to feed off that extra little bit. And where I think it fits in Corbin is I think he's going to show up at the end, the second to last episode, take everything away from her kill vision again, take the, the twins away and she's going to snap. And then at the, you, you got the big cameo moment. We've talked about, we've heard about it's either, my thought process is right now is it's either the Reed Richards and it's going to blow everyone the fuck away. Excuse my language. It's going to be Reed Richards and blow everyone away. Or it's going to be Dr. Strange shows up, takes her on as an apprentice. The whole theory in, in, a multiverse of madness is he's he's teaching her to and trying to help her fix everything she's done and that's where she's going to get the scarlet witch moniker but interesting this could i mean this can go a number of ways it's all something yeah that's that's an interesting theory i'm with it i mean i'm not i don't know if i completely agree myself but like i get where it's coming from and i'm okay okay i, I part of me thinks it's going to be reed richards just by the comments that have been made and you know as elizabeth olsen says there's going to be a cameo at the end or an appearance at the end that's going to rival the Luke's, the, you know, the Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian. I don't think Doctor Strange story. does that. I think Reed Richards does that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. What, what did I miss about that commercial in there? That weird kid on the island, the shark yeah, jumps up, he gives him the, the go-gurt. Oh, and I, yeah. What I, did I miss? I watched that like two or three times and I'm like, I'm missing something and it is going clear over my head. For me, it almost felt like it was like I don't, there wasn't, I didn't see a comic reference. I didn't do any research digging in almost into like if there was anything based off it. almost felt like it was like a, a direct manifestation of Wanda's like mindset in terms of people that she's been helping with that were like like she done everything she can but they still die you know what i mean she gave the yogurt was given he still died like the same thing with ph the same thing with vision like in my mind it was almost like a like it wasn't a comic i'm sure there is one i'm missing and if someone in the comments pointed out great but it was almost like now we're getting away from like all these have been traces of her mindset mood with stuff that's happened in her past and now we're getting more in my mind into like just this figment uh, imagination kind of commercial or whatever that ties into her train of thought like no matter what i do we gave you the yogurt you were dying you have food and now you can't open it you still die anyway like no matter what i do i'm still losing people i think that's what it was tying into hmm. yeah. what i think the 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 yo magic ad kind of appears to sum up sum up the general theme that the idea that for all her power that's she what, she's unable to drive back death yeah exactly so exactly. and now she's trying to unlock the magic that lies within her and she's attempting to reverse all her losses and she can't do it, and that's kind of what that commercial represented. Okay. All right. What if? What if it's not? What if it's not Reed Richards? What if it's to introduce mutants? What if but, it's Daddy comes calling, and says, hey. "Xavier, no, or a Magneto, yeah." Give me Patrick Stewart, please. But Monica Rambeau says that she's got an astrophysicist that she's calling. 
that she's set to meet this contact in two hours. Yeah, I mean, I get all that, but like, I mean, yeah, I I understand that. But what I'm saying is in the last episode, like if they, like I have no doubt that they'll probably introduce somebody because that's what their game is. And I'm not saying that Mephesto doesn't have anything to do about it. I'm not saying that Strange doesn't have anything to do about it. Like I get all that portion of it. And okay, I can buy into the Ultron theory. I I can buy into all that stuff. But like none of that, even Reed Richards, like Reed Richards, okay. But like, you just bought all the X-Men. Like, I know you got FF. Like, I get it, man. And FF has had trouble forever. But the casual fan of these universes, of the Marvel Universe, are are they down with FF? But that's the thing, though, is everything you're seeing in their roadmap for the next few years was laid out at that investors meeting. And what was the last thing they showed at the investors meeting, which was the still for the title shot of FF? So yeah. yeah, so you gotta introduce stuff. Yeah, I get it. You gotta introduce stuff. Like, I mean, that crosses over. I mean, you can do all that silver. Well, yeah, they I get bought it. Fantastic Four a while ago and got rights and all of that, and they've been waiting to introduce and kind of play with it and and go that route. So it, I mean, it, but now they just recently did. I'm no look. I'm not saying that they can't magically do something fast because that's how they did Spider Man. Blah blah blah. Civil War. Yada yada. But. I mean, it would make sense to be Reed Richards. Or what if it is Doom? That'd be cool. That would be. That's another one. Would be Victor Von Doom. Would be super awesome too. But what if they just threw them all in there? Let's throw them all there. Come on, let's do it, everyone. Let's get Reed. Let's get Doom. Let's get uh, old Eric. Let's get uh, our younger Eric or whatever Eric. uh, Because you got the two kids there. Let's get. Let's get it all in there. Let's give mutants a try. Let's give FF a try. Go for broke. Go for broke. broke. Mm -hmm. Do it. I'm okay with that. Silver Bring Surfer. Also, have Silver Surfer come down at one point. Like I'm good. Yeah. I agree. Well, I even I even thought maybe that you're gonna see a little and, and this is just like deep casting that line in the deep end. But what if Darcy becomes rogue? What if Kat Denning's character becomes rogue? Yeah, because she got sucked into the you know, the hex I like mean, everyone else. And if I Monica was- got powers from it. Why wouldn't other people who get well? Then by that same logic, we're gonna have multiple sword agents that are gonna come out with powers because a lot of them just got sucked into this. Yeah, hey, I don't think this is true, but now that the chat is going crazy with the Doc Doom, like how cool would that be? Because then you don't actually have to tell the backstory; you can already fill in that. So the next time that they roll out FF, you already know, you know, Doc Doom was this person or whatever, and then you could just go into this transformation or something to that effect. JJ Maxwell brings up a good one. I didn't think of Jane Foster. I did. Yeah. That was the first person I thought of when she said that. What if but she has? She shows done. up and she gets sucked in and she gets cancer from it, like like Monica's mom, and that's what kicks off Love and Thunder. Oh, is that why they're explaining that she's already been in two times in the night? The the yeah. mo- her molecules have been changed up. The the daughter. Hey, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah that's a way to go too. Um. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good way to tie that together, right there. Hey, but- Jay, I like Cat Dunning, man. Get out of here with that nonsense. Look, cat's all right in my book. That's all I'm going to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't mean well, do we know for a fact that Darcy wasn't snapped? Because I don't think they mentioned whether she was snapped or not. I don't know. Yeah. Bruce Banner. Yeah. Now we're dating yeah, every scientist that's yeah, just, just go. Just go with it. Go. <laughs> How many more do we got? We got them all. We're going. 
Uh, Kat's not gonna be rogue. She ain't gonna be rogue. But I do like. No, Kat, it's man. like I said. It was just like a deep. That's just casting the line, and that's just playing to play. Yeah. But if you need oh, more proof, just, it's going. That, it's going crazy on the cat. That Mephisto is coming. There is a Mega Blocks packaging that's been released. That's got. It's got Wanda Vision everywhere. Oh yeah. On the mm-hmm. one side, it's got Wanda, and the other side, it's got Mephisto. So. There, there is some leaks out there that are pointing in that direction. Yeah, she, she did say. Cat did say. By the way, it's been a weird five years, so she has been around that way. But you're yeah. right with the Mega Blocks thing. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I, I don't think that he's not showing. I'm just saying, like, there's so there's if you're doing extra episodes and there's so much to introduce, and you have a lot to introduce before you get into some of these things. And now, by the way, you know, it's a phase. That all that stuff that they showed was a phase. So that you can talk. Right. That's a decade worth of or, stuff. Sorry, yeah, mini mates, not Mega Blocks. Sorry, yeah, this, thank you. Mm-hmm. Ultra mini mates. Yeah. So, I mean, like you don't have to introduce it all at once, but like, it would be cool to see some of this stuff. Of course, mutants no more. Obviously that's a soft spot too. Cause it opens the one ninety eight and stuff like that. So like, you know, I mean, I like all that type of stuff and then you get into Mar- Marvel X nights and wh- whatever, man, it's cool. I'm just glad that the show doesn't suck. I'm glad it's not a DC property. Cause if it was, I wouldn't be watching. it. <laughs> wow. Good night. Wow. Hi, y'all. It's been great. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll play. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Oh, uh, my goodness. It's on good. that note, <laughs> right? I, I, think, I think Marco's lame attempt at a DC dig should be enough to send us out. <laughs> I don't think it was lame. Uh, I yeah. mean, listen, wait till Superman Lois comes. You guys will all be... Oh, hey, if it's Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'll lose it, JJ. Well, get out of here with that. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden, he does the universe show. I like Neil. He's a very interesting young man. Or older man. He's about my oh, age, I think, man. actually. Yeah, he's like oh, the same age. He's my colleague. Yes, very good. He's a very nice colleague. There we go. Yes. Hold on a second. Let me pull this up. McClay just came in and clutch off the bench here, real quick. Um, okay, yeah. So I don't he's think Neil. But so since we a, have since we since we have talked about I mean, every astrophysicist, we might since we talked about every fake astrophysicist, we might as well put Neil up there too. I mean, hey. I hope they do. I hope Neil does walk in there and just start dropping knowledge. I'd be like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> this series oh. just got good. Shout out to McClay called- with the quick assist off the bench. There hey, you go. there you go, McClay. Many Look mates. at that. Oh, yeah. I like it. Oh, I'm so mad. I don't want that. No, knock off Legos. There we go. Why wouldn't Please you just? That. That's made up. No, that's a true thing. Oh, maybe it is. Who knows? People are good yeah. at stuff. Yeah. Let's yeah, we're gonna. Who would who would make this up? Like who would go mini mates? Like (laughs) oh yeah, he's saying it's a fake. It is a fake. It's a fake. That's what he's saying. Man, you got some deep deep crap going on here. You went like just knock off, knock off, and was like, hey, who who would come up with some crappy stuff like now? Somebody's got to make this. Who's got a three D printer? Let's go. Who's got a three D printer? Let's make these mini mates, and and uh, we can just print this stuff out real quickly. I'm glad because I was like, I just don't, I don't think Mephisto fits in this. I think it's just such a jarring, you'd have to start setting the, I mean, no. I mean, then again, they did just spring up Pietro on us. I just, I don't know. Or is it really, or is it really a fake though? Okay, yeah. I, who cares, man? Like, <laughs> really, really, three hours, I'm done. <laughs> let's yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens next week. It's good. It's good. It's good to have good programming, right? It's good to have a couple nice shows on. It is. Let's uh let's see what they can it's do like there. It, it, it did it did seem it did seem like it was a train wreck to start off with. I think we can all agree on that. 
And whatever you think of it now, even if you think there's only 15 minutes of goodness in it, at least that's 15 more minutes and you'll get out of something on the CW. The end. Wow. We're out. She's leveling <laughs> stuff next show. We're done. And on that note, we're done.